I thought it was Western a Midwest thing. thing, but maybe it's not. He maybe lives in the Midwest, thing. Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> read a book. He doesn't know anything. He lives where, when it's about to rain, cows lie down. <laughs> uh, I mean, that, isn't that everywhere? <laughs> it's nowhere, Owen. It's not a thing. Uh, Owen, they're trying Wait, to tell you, me that cows don't lie down when it's about to rain. That's uh, that's what? a falsehood that I've been fed somehow. It's fake. It's fake. It's not a I've real thing. I've been lied to my entire life. <laughs> Do they cows don't care? Listen, when I tried telling them that, they had never heard of it. Because I was like, what are you talking about? No Everybody knows would... that cows lay down when no. it's about to rain. No one would share Do such cows a falsity down <laughs> in the Midwest. when it rains. Not likely. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. Up, oh, very next link. Yes. So who knows? Who's to say? Is coffee good for you? Yes. Very next link. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I have been informed that I was wrong, and I've accepted that fact. You but have it not. It took a while. All the time. It took a while to accept it, though. No. NBC News has my favorite one. Cows may lie down before it rains, but they do that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. It's good. Welcome back to the forecast episode 160. Somehow we have done this 160 times. I'm impressed. I've not gotten any better. Zero. <laughs> Just absolutely no improvement. The Forecast is a bi-weekly podcast streamed on Thursdays and released on YouTube and podcast on Fridays. I should just start saying on podcast on Fridays and YouTube whenever I get around to it. Uh, we are a community of people who love exploring and discussing all kinds of things from video games and board games to film and TV to our everyday life experiences. If you'd like to know more about what we do, you can follow us at facebook.com forward slash the horizon FB. Or you can come hang out in our Discord channel, or you can check out our website, wehearthehorizon.com. We have a bunch of original content for you to browse through there, including our multi-arc Starfinder adventure, The Discordant Signal. Additionally, everything we talk about is in our cast notes, cast notes, which is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. I'm Aaron, joined by a couple additional peeps. Caleb? Hey, that's me. Jake? Oh, I'm next. Hello. Hi. Owen? Hello, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. And Alex? Yo, what's up? Off the top, I wanted to talk about this because this is pretty important for us as a group. Um, November 5th, mark your calendars. We are almost two weeks out. Mark your calendars. Uh, you need to be up. If you're Central Time, you need to be up at 3.20 a.m. If you're East Coast Time, you need to be up at the more important time, which is 4.20 a.m. <sighs> and you need to be up for 24 hours straight because we are going to be streaming the entire time uh, with a goal of raising money for Extra Life. Very, very excited about this. We do it every year. Actually, I don't know what our number was yesterday, last year. Does anybody remember it off the top of their head? Uh, the amount that we raised was <laughs> like over, what, 6,000? It was a big Jeez. number. It, it was, was a very big, big number. number. Well, so far, we already have actually quite a bit because we competed in some tournaments earlier in the year, and I think we have something in the neighborhood of like 2,300. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so now we just need, you know, another six grand to beat our, our goal from last year. <laughs> I believe, boys. I believe. Anyways, um, please stop by. This uh, money is not for us. As I previously mentioned, this goes to Children's Miracle Network hospitals all throughout the United States. Uh, this money is donated to kids who 
are just in not great medical situations and have needs. And so that's where all this money that we raise goes to every year. Uh, our goal is 8,000 this year. We'll see if we get there. Uh, but even if you don't want to donate, uh, you can come by the stream. I'm supposed to eat a whole bunch of hot dogs because Derek's going to donate per hot dog that I eat. Oh. So uh, we're, we're negotiating on price right now. He said are you $10. Doing a... I've said 50 I even like a speed or like no. just throughout the entire is, 24 yeah. hours. This is just throughout will... the 24 hour stream. I will okay. donate to the hot dog incentive. <laughs> yeah. Why was I not told? Are you gonna thing where that guy like inhales them and then spits them back out? Yeah, because oh. I technically ate them. No, yeah. no, I'm not gonna do that. I think this you is have to a... inhale it and keep it down in your lungs. I think this is like a normal <laughs> hot dog eating thing. However, I know Derek doesn't listen to this podcast. And the important part is I've already found these really really tiny hot dogs that come with really really tiny oh, buns. Nice. Oh. <laughs> Well, he, I told him to raise the ceiling on his price. He was like, I'll give you $10 per hot dog. I'm like, dude, I can't eat that many hot dogs. I need, We need more money for these kids. How about 50? And he goes, then you're going to eat like 20 hot dogs, and I'm going to have to find a new place to live, like on the streets. <laughs> so instead, you're going to cheat him out of all the money. <laughs> exactly. It's for the kids, Alex. It's it is for the kids. kids. Yeah. Anyway, November 5th, 4.20 a.m. to 3.20 a.m., because, of course, it is daylight savings time. Uh, so make sure you show up. If you don't end up donating, just come by and watch. We're going to have a good time. Just excited. It's a great time for us every year. Uh, now let's move on to the other off the top, which is Owen has prepared a yeah. one hour long PowerPoint it's for not us one all hour. to walk through. It Two is hours. Not, it is not, it is not one hour. It is a PowerPoint. It, have you ever gotten so bored in the middle of the night? Uh, maybe because you can't no. sleep that you just make a PowerPoint about something Never. because I did. And this is that Owen. Yeah, who does that? Yeah, you know I'm a little weird, but basically <laughs> I uh, I dove into the magic that is the song Wagon Wheel, um, and like you know a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know that one song from um, uh, Darius Rucker? No, not him. Bob Dylan? No, it goes even back further than that. The song is actually uh, traces its lineage back to a uh, a song called Rock Me Mama back in 1928. Uh, and uh, then it was taken from there uh, to a uh, new song in 1944 that Arthur Big Boy uh, Crudup. Uh, wait, wait, wait. wait. The... Yeah. It's the 1928 song. Is that the rock me mama like a wagon wheel? Rock me mama any way I feel. Th that, is, that is wagon wheel. Oh, that the is actually wagon wheel. Yeah, that is that is actually wagon wheel. So this is this is the lineage of how we got to that point was that we had Rock Me Mama and then we uh, it then moved forward to be more of a blues track in 1944 and then Bob Dylan heard it. Now, Dylan recorded it in 1973 for the soundtrack of a cowboy movie that he was in, which already is the most wild fucking thing I've heard mm. that someone was like, yo, you know what we should do? Let's put Bob Dylan in a cowboy movie and classic soundtrack for this shit i mean he he could be typecast for pretty much any cowboy movie if you think about yeah. it i mean he does he looks <laughs> he looks the part if you look at the if you're looking at the powerpoint he does look like a cowboy in the shot there mm. i am um, i am still just hung up on the, this middle guy arthur crudup he decided yeah. that his nickname should be big boy yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i didn't know you could just put that in your name anywhere you want so like that's a game changer for me back in yeah. the, back in the day when you could just big boy fetter kind of yes. yeah <laughs> oh my god i'm putting that on uh, business got a cards. ring to it it yeah. does yeah. it does so uh while recording the soundtrack uh for uh 
Pat, uh, Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, which is the name of the movie, uh, while doing the soundtrack for that, um, Dylan was going between takes and the tape was running and he just kind of had something on his mind. So he just kind of threw it together. And that is uh, generally the first rendition of the, the true wagon wheel. Uh, huh. And... Um, it was only released ever in a uh, bootleg demo. It never actually got put onto the album until much later. And so, like, it, it was kind of this, like, rare recording, uh, which uh, the one of the kids uh, in, oh, I, the kid at the time of the old Crow Medicine show found 25 years after it was recorded and put onto some bootleg uh, record vinyls. Um uh, the uh, one of the the uh, members of Old Crow Medicine Show found it on his vacation in London. Found the bootleg, which I don't understand how it goes from recorded in Mexico on a bootleg record to somewhere in London. But hey, that's what happens. So he hmm. finds it. He brings it back to his buddy and was like, "You should listen to this." And so he plays it for his bandmate, and his bandmate was like, "Yo." Let's do what Dylan couldn't and finish this song. Which is like, I don't know, pretty ballsy if you ask me that if you hear a Bob Dylan track, you're like, I'm gonna do better. But they did. And so then back in 2001, they recorded an EP of the what we know now today as Wagon Wheel. Um, and so they did that for many years and played it but it didn't really take off. It didn't really sell a lot of records. It was just kind of a staple of their show. Um, and so then we get to about 2012. And 2012, this, again, weird thing happens where at the same time, simultaneously and not talking to each other, two separate artists cover the song. One of which is an English-Irish singer named Nathan Carter. And the other one is Darius Rucker. Now, Nathan Carter releases it first over in Ireland. And this thing blows the fuck up. It's huge. It's everywhere. It spends over a year actually on the charge. Uh, it, like, it's, it's, it's crazy. It was there for 47 weeks, fell off the chart, comes back for a couple more weeks, literally hit 52 weeks on the chart. Like, crazy. Um, and so... While that's happening across the pond, Darius Rucker is sitting in an auditorium for his kids' uh, school band, and the teachers of the faculty of the school play a rendition of the song, and he hears it, and he's like, yeah, man, I can totally fucking cover this shit. And so then he calls up Lady A, and he's like, hey, what y'all up to? We're going to cover this song. And so then they go into the uh the recording booth and they record a more country and steel guitar version of the song and then they release it and he gets a grammy off of this shit but between both of these people uh releasing their song pretty much simultaneously and the fact that the song had been out for at that point about 12 years it just it it, it lights a fire everyone starts understanding what the song is it's it's just insane it goes platinum, like, it just goes all over the goddamn place. Um, and uh, so that's kind of like this just this weird lineage of a hundred years of this song from its first kind of conception and the, the line of Rock Me Mama 
to how it gets to us today. Okay, can I ask? Yeah. Like, like what? How? What? What was going on when you sat down and you were like, you know what? Wagon wheel. We uh, should go through the process of how this thing became a thing. Uh, it was 4 a.m. I couldn't mm-hmm. sleep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was, the song was just kind of in my head. The song was stuck in my head. Um, my friends were talking about it because they played it at uh, someone else's wedding. And they were talking about the lyrics of Wagon Wheel. And so then I was like looking at the lyrics of Wagon Wheel. And then I was like, huh, I wonder what about the lineage of this? Because as I kind of dug deeper, I saw that it was like first a Bob Dylan song. And so then I was like, all right, let me see like how it goes from a Bob Dylan song to a Darius Rucker track. And so I thought it was kind of going to be Bob Dylan made it wasn't that successful. The old crow, uh, the old medicine, the old crow medicine show, you know, covers it. Mm-hmm. And then Darius Rucker covered it a little bit later. And he's like the bigger artist. And that's kind of how it like blows up. So I kind of thought that was going to be the lineage. Uh, but that's like completely not the case, because if you ever listen to any of these versions, except for everything old crow and onwards, they don't sound anything alike. They're vastly different. They're different tempos, different instruments. They've got different lyrics running through it. Like, it, it's really just kind of this essence of an idea that, like, runs through it all the way until uh, kind of, you know, the 2000s. Weird. Yeah, no, completely fucking bizarre, but very cool of how it just kind of, like... It, it, it survived the times and it went through various different genres. I mean, like the, the early twenties and forties was kind of like a, a blues and bluegrass version mm-hmm. of it before it gets to um, this kind of more Americana thing from the uh, old Crow medicine show. And then into the country version that, you know, from Darius Rucker. So um, yeah, it's just, this is kind of crazy, man. It's kind of crazy no. of how it just did this. Are we putting this link to this uh, beautiful presentation oh, on, on no. in the cast notes? <laughs> no? I think that this was, is important, Owen. That was just for you guys. Uh, oh. But, but yeah, what so you can follow along. Well, that was a nice assignment, Owen. I think uh, mm-hmm. I would probably assign you like an A, A minus. A minus. But? But your bibliography only cites Google, which I don't think is legal. <laughs> no, so, this is a reputable source. Yeah, this is also not in Chicago. I'm gonna have style. to fail you. So <laughs> you should have yeah, just cited uh, Wikipedia and you'd been fine. Everything would have been covered. The mm. sources are just Google. A lot of Google. Gosh. Um, because I went through like eight different Wikipedia pages to like discover all of the nooks and crannies, and then I not had a reliable like, source. There was a really... really sketchy site from the '90s, if not earlier, that was like Bob Dylan's recording sessions, and that was really sketch. Um, but yeah, Heck like yeah. it. You definitely have points for no transitions. Like, come on, you gotta yeah, put some something in there. That's fair. A little, little more pizzazz. No word art. Yeah, Wait, exactly. Do, wow. do I get bonus points for the twenty-five years later slide? I, yes, that was pretty except good slide. that except that it's not in the proper sixteen-nine format. It's like extended <laughs> beyond the boundaries of the slide vertically. Look, mm-hmm. I did want to. With what I had. It was 4 a.m. It was 4 a.m. It was 4 a.m. when I've discovered all of this. And then, like, the second I made this, I was like, yo, this is going to be my intro for the podcast. Good effort. I see, like, a decent potential. But I do have to fail you for this one. 
You can do a makeup assignment though, if you'd like. We can do like Wonderwall yeah, or like something. Extra credit or something. Yeah. Oh, and you gotta okay. take you gotta take Alex's commentary with a grain of salt. I mean, you heard him the other night when I was asking him about background images. There's just nothing. You can't you can't do something yourself and present it to Alex and him go, yeah, I like that. It's never that. It's always, eh. And that's I it. literally did that several it's, times. It's the sound <laughs> of door opening and closing. Eh. <laughs> All right. I never right. thought I'd hear somebody who was more um I it's only one fine direction. than me inside of just giving his opinion on things with Alex just being like it's like, oh hey, what do you think about this man? And it's, Alex is like, you know, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. They were all actually like fine skew, though. Yeah, <laughs> skew, I feel like Alex skews more negative. You're like, it's fine, it's okay. Whereas Alex is like, eh, it's bad. <laughs> it's kinda bad. <laughs> Pretty much in general. Yeah. Alex I was is being on like questioned a really on like if background images were good or not, and they're all just okay for the most part. Yeah, his so. his mm. bell curve is like only two percent of all of the work that you would do would qualify as good. The other ninety eight percent, it's fine. Nothing's ever like awful, but it's just got to hit that two percent. No, the polka dots were awful. What was that? Oh my <laughs> god, the polka dots were bad. I can back Jeez, Alex up on this. Jeez, guys. Jeez, I'm open for submissions. Look, let's move on. Uh, yeah. what have you been playing lately, Owen? Uh, we're just going to continue with you right, since yeah. you were talking. Um, so, uh, I played this little game called Cult of the Lamb. Mm. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I really like it. I can't wait to play more of it because it's, it's a good time. I, I let Tim eat some shit. So, you know what? 10 Classic. out of 10, great game. Nice. Um, <clears throat> also, uh, you know, WoW had this kind of, you know, like big expansion that came out for, for Classic. So I've been, uh been playing a little bit of that uh and and you know this other activision blizzard title that i think we're gonna get to later so yeah that's kind of you know what i've been up to we will we will okay is the wow classic expansions like as long as you're subscribed you can play them yeah sort of thing yep okay. i don't have to pay money for it because was... if i did i'd probably be upset yeah i was Wait. wondering if they were like recharging for expansions no can you play wow mm. classic classic or can you I, only play WoW Classic with the current expansions? I think there are a couple servers that are still on the vanilla. They closed a lot of them down because, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, they closed a lot of them down because like nobody was on them. Mm. Um. So, but I think that there's still like one or two that do exist in okay. that state, and then everything else has basically been pushed onwards from there. Everything else is just, hey, we're doing this again. You can rediscover <laughs> it again. I yeah. mean, it clearly works. Yeah. I I think uh, it, there's just like a lot of people that are a nostalgic for it. And I think the other thing is there's a lot of people that want to take another go at it. And that's kind of like I'm in both of those camps of like, yeah, I remember these games and I remember playing them. I also never got a chance to really raid in them. I never really got a chance to do any of the end game content. So I just kind of leveled my character and then I was done. Whereas now I'm like, oh, I actually have a raiding guild. I'm raiding. Like I get to actually see this content. And so it's cool to be able to go back with a group of people and be able to experience content that probably would be hard to get into. And it's like a really, really good idea from them, I think. Like they have this dedicated audience that has played this game for, you know, two decades or whatever at this point. Yeah. And then yeah. like, they're just like, Hey, what if you could experience it all again? And, and I think that especially with something like an MMO, you need that 
because you need to have the servers you can't, full. You can't go back to the way it was. Like, yeah, and that's kind current, of the way wow. that if you were playing retail, because retail will let you go into these areas and level and stuff like that, but it's kind of sad. Like, there's no one else around because everyone's doing whatever the latest expansion is. And so you're kind of on your own leveling through this, and then you also don't get a chance to do the endgame content that at that cap or whatever because everyone's already way past it. So no one's going to be like, yeah, let me come do this dungeon with you. Let me come do this raid. Like, everyone's just kind of like, yeah, that was like three expansions ago. We're like 20 levels above it. No one wants to go in there. Um Important so to I note that cool you could do go that. do it though. Yeah, wink, wink, not not Bungie. Um, Just taking away content, no reason. Also, uh, Sims Four is free to play, so that's weird. Yeah, I I downloaded and started playing that a little bit because it was free, and I was like, why not? Isn't it called you Sims know? Four Evolved? No, it's just called Sims Four. Wait, what was the what was the stage two? Evolve stage two? Is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. what was it called? Yeah. Four, evolve yeah. stage two. <laughs> stage two, yeah. Jeez. Um, it was very funny that like the day that they were like, yeah, look, it, we, they they like were swearing up and down when they said that they were gonna go free to play with it. That they were like, yeah, we're gonna keep supporting this for the foreseeable future. We got like tons of expansions and stuff still lined up. Like, don't you worry. Like, Sims Four is still our main focus. Sims 5 isn't even a thought yet. And then the second that this went free-to-play, they were like, oh yeah, so we've got like a, a, a alpha for Sims 5 that we're working yeah. on. And I was like, good job, guys. Way to <laughs> way to shoot yourself in the foot. Can't believe EA would lie about that. What? It's unreal. <laughs> I know. Unlike them. Mm -hmm. Jake! Let's move on to you. What have you been playing lately? Alright, uh, so the only one I'm going to talk about today is I was in the Street Fighter 6 beta. I say oh, cool. I... I stole Alex's account. I hacked it. I hacked the mainframe <laughs> so I could play the Street Fighter 6 beta. Uh, it's It seems really good, actually. Um, there's a really cool character creator that you use. I think there's going to be like a story mode where presumably you play as your created character. Oh, but cool. so the beta was only like, you could do fights and you could do PlayStation Home. And that was it. Um, so basically you like made your avatar and then you could walk around this big old empty room. It's not empty. There's a bunch of arcade cabinets, but you would just walk around. There are other people there and to, like challenge someone. You would like go to the arcade machine. And if someone was on the other side of the arcade machine, you could fight them. Mm. Heck yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, great, right? I love putting more obstacles between systems. me and just playing the game. Mm. Wait, um, when, you, when you were fighting them, were you playing like the like an 8-bit version of Street Fighter on a console within the game? No, that would have been great, right? I think there mm -hmm. were like some retro. I feel like there were old arcade games somewhere in there that you could play. That's cool. I think I've seen like you can play like Street Fighter Two and stuff like that. Yes, mm. in there. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Uh, I didn't really muck around with that, um, but yeah, no. I mean, it looks really good. Um, they added like an auto combo system, which I that's did cool. not think Street Fighter would ever do. Uh, it's really cool because it's not just like so like in Fighter Z, right? You just mm -hmm. like you have your button and you push your button and it does a combo. And then I guess you have another button and it'll also do a combo. Uh, but this one, it took me a long time to figure out because it, it didn't have a lot of tutorials because it was like a beta. And I, so I just couldn't figure it out for a long time. But there's a, a basically if you're holding a controller, the right trigger is just labeled auto. And if you hold that down, 
and you push any of the three attack buttons, you'll do a combo for that attack button. So you'll have like a light attack, a medium combo, and a heavy combo. Mm. Yeah, it took me a really long time to figure out how that worked. Uh, but it works pretty well. So it's like, you know, so like if you're in like a really quick fight, you can just bust out the quick auto combo and you can probably land that. But if you catch someone with like a big opening, you can do the heavy auto combo and you'll do like a big combo. And a lot of times those will then transition into like your super moves or like your critical arts. That's what they're called in Street Fighter. Uh, assuming you have the meter, which is really cool. It means you can pull off like a really cool flashy combo without knowing what the fuck you're doing, which <laughs> yes. is great. Love that this is what I've been I, missing. Yeah, I do not know what the fuck I'm doing. I lost, I lost so much. I lost so much. Oh my <laughs> yeah, you gosh! Could, did there you was no anything? like training mode, right? You could just play against people. So, I saw other people's reviews that made me think there was a training mode. I could not hmm. find a training mode. The only way I ever got into training mode was I found a corner of the arcade, and I got on a machine. And if you're waiting for an opponent, you could go into the training mode. Uh-huh. And that was eventually how I figured out how the controls worked. To, like actively like, hide yourself <laughs> yeah i didn't like because there, there's a screen it has like three modes right story mode the playstation home and then like a training mode but training mode was locked out so i was like i don't know how to like get there because i've seen reviews that were like oh the training mode is so good hmm. and i was like how did you get it i want i wanted to try it but i couldn't um so yeah it's just kind of weird bunch of weird shit like that i mean most of that's just kind of like it was a beta you know, there was no tutorial because it was a beta. I, the training mode was locked out. Maybe because I'm an idiot. Maybe because it was a beta. Uh, I did learn eventually that there was a matchmaking that you could just turn on matchmaking in a menu rather than having to run around and find people at arcade machines. Well, that's convenient. Yeah, really nice. I, ge- I genuinely don't know who the PlayStation Home arcade machines are for. Like, I, I don't. Can you like chat in there? Yeah, you can like you can like a mode and there's like a global chat and it'll do okay. it'll like show there's like a big screen at the front of the room that'll show like a random match. Mm. And there's constantly an announcer going, a player is on a winning streak. A player is on a winning streak. A player is on a winning streak. And it's like, Jeez, I don't, that's annoying. I don't fucking care that Steve has won five games. <laughs> you know, like the worst part about it is as someone who doesn't know how the fuck to play. Obviously, you know, it's a beta. But like just walking up to someone, I don't know if this is a guy, if this is like a pro Street Fighter player or someone who just started playing Street Fighter yesterday. Yeah. So like I just go and I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen. I get my ass beat and I'm like, guess he knew how to play. (laughs) Just like, I don't know. I don't know who that's for. I don't know who enjoys that. Because like if you if you want to play with people, you're going to have like a local lobby anyways with just your friends. Yeah. And if you don't care you're just going to turn on matchmaking. So, like, I don't know who wants, like, oh, I want to see someone's avatar before I fight them. I, I genuinely don't I know. I mean, maybe you're there just trying to, you know, because you said, like, the avatar is the character that you create, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, maybe it's just, like, hey, if you create some completely cool or extremely disgusting avatars, you know, uh, custom characters, that it's, like, a, a way to kind of show that off more than just inside of the like the the you know side scrolly fight bits of the game I mean, itself i suppose but it's just like i don't know like upload it on twitter or something like mm. i didn't load up street fighter 6 to look at your mildly interesting avatar mm-hmm. like i loaded it up to play street fighter 6 that's fair 
I wonder what the uh, private lobby system is going to be like. If it's oh, I'm be the sure same it thing, will or... be a nightmare. I'm sure it will be terrible. <laughs> There's, I'm glad they took like one of the few games that had a good private lobbying system yeah. and added PlayStation Home to it. That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Um, I guess a few, a few other things in more of like the mechanics, which is it's kind of tough because I, I suck at street fighting games, so I'm not. I can't give a lot of insight. Um, I kind of alluded to this earlier, but along with the auto combos, they have a new control scheme. So Street Fighter is traditionally six buttons, light, heavy, medium, light, medium, heavy for punches and then for kicks. So you have six attack buttons, but they have mm -hmm. a new one that's just three, light, medium, heavy. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the game just kind of figures it just kind of decides what the fuck you want to do with those. I don't I don't really know how it works like. It ju I guess like, it just kind of figures it out. Sometimes you kick and sometimes you punch with the light. I'm not sure. I don't. I mean, now I've played it so long ago, I didn't take it... good notes on that. <laughs> but like, are you saying it's only three buttons now, or? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You have three attack buttons, and then uh, so I was using a controller because it's the only way I could figure out the controls because I couldn't rebind my keyboard. Yeah. Um, but so it was like X, A, and B. So your bottom three buttons were light, medium, heavy, and then Y was special. And this, I actually think, is really, really clever of them. So Y was special, and you just added a directional input to do different special moves. So mm. like, if you just hit Y when you're standing still, that's one special move. If you press forward and Y, different special move. Down Y, different special move. Back Y, different special move. So much better. Control system. I mean, basically, yeah. But it's like, again, as someone who doesn't know... You know, does Cammy do quarter circles? Does she do mm. press and hold and then push a different yeah. button? It's like, yeah. nope, Cammy does forward Y, and that's how <laughs> she works. That's how they all work. That's I can so deal weird. with that. But they it would is... switch after all this time. Yeah. Th is it, it... like Sorry, an accessibility ahead. thing? Like where they want more players to come in and play this game, and it's like really like difficult? It. I think they are really gunning for new new players which is it's i think it's so smart because street or not street fighter just fighting games in general are so like inaccessible as a new player mm -hmm. like the fact that i'm almost 30 goddamn years old and i've been too intimidated <laughs> to really get into them until like <laughs> a few months ago i think speaks to that but and so I mean, adding stuff like this it's like like on the one hand it's like yeah you're not gonna learn how to like do the combos or whatever but i can now get in and be like oh when they jump, if I do forward Y, I do this move that's an anti-air. Like, I can get into, like, the fun part of fighting games and maybe bypass the boring part where I'm just, you know, sitting in training mode trying to do, how do I do that move? Is it like this? No, the timing was wrong. Is it like that? No, that's also wrong. Okay, I'm just going to play something fun. Yeah. Hmm. Weird. Uh, one, one last thing that they added. Uh, I don't think this was in Street Fighter V. But if anyone played Street Fighter 4, they added a, I think it was called like a focus move. It was basically you push this button and you would do like a really slow charge attack, but it had armor. And that's, it's back basically the same. So you push one of your buttons. I don't, I don't remember what it was anymore. But you do like this really slow attack, but it has armor. So you could tank like three hits before it would be interrupted. And if you hit the opponent, you basically like stagger them and open them up for a huge combo. What's cool about it is... Uh, a few things you can block it uh and if you're in the middle of the screen it'll push you way back but if you're in the corner and you block it you get like legit stunned and super mm -hmm. opened up but the really cool thing is if you see them charging it and you charge your own move back you'll tank their hit 
and hit them with yours instead. <laughs> you so have, it's like, like this super huge... armor on your attack or something. Yeah, exactly. So like like when you do it, you can sustain. I think it's three hits before you get mm. knocked out of it. So it's like it's this big risk reward because like if you throw it out willy nilly, they can counter it and open you back up. It's just like. It's a really cool way to counter blocking, which I think in a lot of fighting games, it's just like, if you just crouch and block, most players don't know what to do about that. I wouldn't know what to do about that. It's just like, shit, he's invulnerable. I don't know. <laughs> he's too powerful. I can't do anything. But with this, it's like, if you are just block spamming, essentially, it's like you are opening yourself up a ton because you can just get absolutely obliterated by this. Hmm. Which, I don't know. Again, they're pulling it back kind of from an older. It was kind of in Street Fighter 4. They're pulling it back. But I'm excited. I think that's a really cool. I think it's a cool addition. I mean, it sounds cool. Yeah. I'll, I'll hop in here next. Uh, I've only been playing two things. I'm not playing a lot more, but we're going to get to the important ones. Uh, one of which um, we started playing a little, uh, this little game called Across the Obelisk, which we'll get to. But from that, um, I decided, you know what? I kind of like games like this. I'd played a few others <laughs> that were in that realm. Um, but not quite exactly what Across the Obelisk was. So I tried out this demo called Tendril, which is a deck builder tactical roguelike game. It's pretty similar to Across the Obelisk, except that this one's in isometric, so there's a lot of map movement. And you play you play as two characters. You play as a brute and a wizard, and you kind of have to build decks for both of those. And every time you you clear a map, you're kind of gaining something for one deck. So you're you're trying to balance between these two characters. The brute who moves around the map has a lot of mobility, a lot of block, a lot of return damage, um, and a lot of AOE ta attacks. Uh, you're trying to kind of position yourself so that you're not hit by the enemies, uh, or that you are taking the attack so your wizard's not hit by the enemies. He has less health. Um, and then your wizard is kind of like a slow-moving, high-damage, uh, high-AP character that kind of moves around in the background, and you're trying to you're kind of the damage dealer. The thing I find interesting about this game um, is the movement aspect of it. A lot of every time you start a round, it indicates what all of the monsters who they're going to be attacking they prioritize, and it'll just show a little line from that monster to your character. So. You know, if you know they're going to be attacking a wizard or something, you're kind of trying to maneuver around the map, play a little chess, and figure out where is the best position to soak up the most damage or to taunt all of the remaining enemies to prevent that damage. There's also uh, elements on the map like statues or shrubs or trees that you can use to block and mitigate that damage as well. So you just kind of hide behind them and, and use them as uh, walls, essentially. It's a cool game. Um, you move area to area. As you defeat enemies, you kind of get an option to go into these side rooms and pick upgrades, hence the roguelike portion of it. Uh, upgrading health, healing yourself, uh, gaining some unique cards. They also have a, a card modification system built into it where you can upgrade your cards to make them better, use less AP, make you draw extra cards, things like that. Um, I will say the funny part about this game is that uh, it's early in development. This is obviously a demo. Half the cards have no art, so it's mm. just like... Oh. A man took a uh, like a pencil or a permanent marker and drew something out onto a card, and then took a photo of it and put it in there for the artwork, which I love it. It's sexy, yeah. So it's a cool game. Um, if you want to try a short demo of something that's across like similar to Across the Obelisk, but you're not playing with multiple people, it's pretty neat. The other thing I have played a lot of recently is Dome Keeper. I was super pumped about this game when it, we went to PAX East. Uh, it dropped, and I have played seven hours of it already. 
I don't know how I can keep playing this game, but I really, really enjoy it. It is not a me game. This is not a game like if you were to be like, oh, what's Aaron's type of game? You'd say something like a shooter or anything that's not in this realm. This is just you're digging holes in the ground. You're finding resources. You're bringing them back to your base. You kind of defend your base on occasion as the aliens attack it. And then you just repeat over and over and over. And it's kind of a very low stress, chill game unless you put it on the super high difficulty modes. I will say from the demo that I played right after PAX to now, there have been major changes with some of the base mechanics in the game. Um, primarily, as you play, you unlock the ability to play other types of the same game, right? So the first time you play, you play on a really small map, which means your your objective is really close. And the enemies typically attack attack faster. So you're kind of just like making this really short loop and it, you start to expand that map to huge. But then at some point you beat the very large version of the map. And now all of a sudden you have different options for like, um, uh, worm pathways where it's just a whole bunch of tunnels and pathways and shoots with a whole bunch of walls you can't go through. So you kind of nav navigate your way around the map. They have gone from a, as far as your like dome defense mechanism, they've gone from having just a laser to now you can also get a sword. I hate it. I think it's an absolutely horrendous addition because you basically just have to flip the stick on your controller to get the sword to swing back and forth. Uh, and that is how you damage people. You can shoot the sword, which like throws it out from the dome and it's like a kunai with chain and it, you can control which direction it's going, but it does a little damage epic. that way. Yeah, I don't know. Um, they also introduced a new uh, miner. So you basically have, you have the one guy, the engineer, the one we played with on the demo, where you basically go down into this, into the surface of the planet, you're drilling, um, you're always upgrading your drill, your speed, your jetpack, your carry capacity. Um, but they also have another one now that can just kind of like move their way through the ground and kind of pull things using energy. It's called, I think it's called the prospector. They're, it's weird. It's very <laughs> strange. Um, but. All that to say, if you like a game where you can just kind of chill out for a while, these like I think the short versions of the game are like 15 minutes. The longer versions are 45 minutes to an hour. Excellent. Beautiful game. It's fun, simple, not complicated. Uh, there's a lot of cool, unique surprises to like things you will find in the game that are not just part of the base game itself. Upgrades to your dome, unique things that they've added to the underworld that you interact with. Um, if you're like me, you play a level where you delete every single block in the, in the area underneath your dome until there's nothing left to mine, um, which you can do because it just gets to a point where you can't go anywhere else. That, that took a, that was a long run, <laughs> like an hour and a half. Jeez. Anyways, cool game. Check it out. If you haven't played it, try it out. It's fun. Easy. Pretty cheap. I think yeah. an hour and a half is a long run, huh? Yeah. Got news right. for you later. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get into that in a second. All right. Alex, have you played anything? Because this was blank until like three seconds ago. Yeah, I haven't really played anything important besides the stuff we're going to talk about as a group later. But I have been playing a lot of Guild Wars 2. Uh, I thought lot. GW2 was God of War 2. Uh, Shame. I thought it was Ghost Recon Wildlands 2. Mm. AKA no. Ghost Recon... Br br okay, what is the other one called? Breakthrough? Break Breakthrough. Breakthrough? Breakpoint. 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 Break really Breakpoint. easy to remember games. Um, yeah, uh, I've been, so their family has decided that we're going to try to run a raid at some point with some other guild members. And so I've been trying to gear up to be able to raid with them. 
And it's just, it's a grind fest. I'm still not like super happy with the combat, but having an end goal is making it more enjoyable. Mm. Uh, also, it's really good as like a game you can play with like a second screen experience going on. Casually watch some Black Clover while I'm playing Guild Wars, no big deal. Because that show is also like... Was that a you... flex? <laughs> I mean, Guild Wars is like, one. you kind of only need half your brain to play Guild Wars, and then you kind of only need half your brain to watch Black Clover, so it really works out. Wow. I, mean, I feel like that's uh, that's like any MMO, though. Is It's it's great. <laughs> just Like, the amount of Save by the Bell that I know because of playing World of Warcraft in my teenage years is astronomical, man. Because it was always on TBS, and it was always pretty decent to watch or just being like fuck it just put this on while i'm playing whatever so you can like waste time twice as effectively exactly mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep but yeah the halloween event's going on now so i've been grinding that real riveting stuff anyway riveting caleb how about you what have you been playing hey i got a few uh so this first one's a free game on steam called outcore a very fourth wall breaking meta game mm. pretty interesting the actual there's like actual gameplay portions which are generally a little lackluster in there's like a there's a mini game that's an idle game mixed with a programming game and that's pretty not great but once mm. you make it past that there's like a platforming section that's not terrible gameplay and stuff like that. But it's, it's really intermixed with all of the meta elements, which are pretty good, I think, in general. Oh. Is this free? It is. Interesting. It's about three hours, I think, to play through the whole thing. Yeah, okay. Uh, pretty, pretty interesting. I think if you start it, you'll very quickly decide whether or not you like it. Fair and enough. you could quit easily. But I, I enjoyed it pretty well. And then Steam Next Fest happened, so I played a bunch of demos. Real quick, Blame. before you move on to that, mm -hmm. did you know there's a version of this that is $45 <laughs> called Outcore Desktop Adventure, The Amazing Super Duper Ultra Hyper Mama Mia Papa, Papa Pipa Wawa Wiwa Five Shekel Kosher Falafel Deluxe Extra Segoy Mega Kawaii Gold Diamond Narosta Plastic Director's Cut Special Edition Supporter Pack Plus Plus. I did not what? know that existed. No. That it's is an amazing thing. I don't know what's in it. Oh, there's a note at the bottom. This DLC barely adds any content at all. You should probably only buy it if you wish to support the game. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Incredible. No, I, I like the note that says, like one or two extra dialogues compared to Outcore Clown <laughs> Nodes supporter pack. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Now the game is pretty pretty ridiculous in that way a lot throughout the game. Pretty fun. Uh but Steam Next Next Fest happened, played a bunch of demos. Uh only a couple that really caught my eye. The first is Wild Frost, which surprise surprise roguelike deck builder. What? Did she uh, kickstart it? No. But it does uh, does play a little bit like a CCG almost because some of your deck can be minions and there's like two rows of each side. Where they Sorry, kind of fight, said, minions fight each other. When you said they were minions, I just imagined the little despicable meme <laughs> no. minion. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a little branding deal. None of them look but like that. It does sound pretty good. It is an adorable game, but not they don't have actual minions in them, no. Too bad. But a uh, little, little bit plays like a CCG, where you have uh, 
two rows on your side, which can help three people each, and two rows on their side, three people each. And it really, it does have, surprisingly, it really has that roguelike feel where you can buff up your cards in like a variety of ways and make them like super OP and get kind of ridiculous. And I didn't even play it that long, but I had some some kind of wild runs. It was, it was really cool. The animation's also super pretty, super cool. It's not out yet. Just the demo I played. But I think it comes out next year sometime. It says winter 2022. Oh, does it say winter? Nice. Yep. So that should be soon. See, hopefully. And then the last one was another demo I played, but it came out like immediately after, after Next Fest was over, and I picked it up. It's called The Case of the Golden Idol. It's a very detective-esque game. Actually really reminded me of... Uh, when you play on the ship... Hmm. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Return of the Oberdin. Oberdin. Return of the Oberdin. Yeah, thank you. Actually, really reminiscent of that game, I think. It's uh, a lot of looking around the environment and finding clues and piecing together what happened. And it was uh, it was a lot of fun. I think it was like this five hours long. Looks so weird. It is the art style is very odd, very odd. But it's really cool trying to piece together the mystery. Really fun. Cool. Case of the Golden Idol. Mm -hmm. I bet you'd like it a lot, actually. I may add that to the list of things I'll try to play while I'm traveling. (laughs) Um, Let's move on to a couple other games that we have all been playing that we wanted to talk about, but we kept out of our what have you been playing lately because that makes total sense. Um, So we're going to move to our game section. And first and foremost, the thing we've been playing lately is Shatterline. Is that first and foremost? Yeah, well, I mean, it's first and foremost on the list. It's no, not it's first and first and foremost, and I guess first, just first. It's first, first. not foremost. It's first and least most. Is that yeah. better? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> sure. First and least most, Shatterline. Uh, I don't know who introduces. Is this your thing, Alex? Did you start this, or is this Chad? I started it. It's. I mean, I don't know. It was randomly on the front page of Steam, which is how I found it. Um, but it's like a free to play game that is. Trying to be like half multiplayer shooter, half uh, PVE co-op roguelike thing. And that's really the part that we've tried out. Um, basically, it's three players. You're dropped in with a pistol and you explore this map uh, and you complete challenges to get upgrades for your people. Uh, and your upgrades can be like abilities or just like perks or buffs or weapons. Free weapons. Yeah. It's very much a hero shooter in that you pick a class and they have various upgrades they can find out in the world, and you can find mm-hmm. better versions of those as you go. Um, I've been really enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's pretty sick. It's I mean, it's not like a shooter roguelike like a Risk of Rain or something like that, where it's just gets completely wild. It's more like grounded. Um. But you do get stronger over time, and the the gunplay is like really good, actually. Yeah, it's really, really satisfying. I was I, surprised. I would not expect this. Feels like a budget, like free to play game in a lot of ways, and it feels way better than it should. I think. Mm-hmm. It's um, a little lacking, I think, in exploration. Like we we would sometimes explore an area that looked really cool, but there was like nothing in it. Yeah. Or, guys, but... 
or it looks really cool and there's just no way to, to like make your way there because there's a lot of invisible walls in the game which is kind mm -hmm. of weird true for being for like appearing like such an open world make your way across from point a to point b which is like way across the map you'd think you could choose any way to get there but it's very like kind of a linear path yeah yeah you sometimes like have like two or three kind of directions yeah. you can travel it seems you're like left or right around this mountain right yeah. like yeah. that kind of thing yeah it's the runs aren't all that different over time i don't think but they're fun mm -hmm. And the game it did just launch in early access, so it could get a lot more variety as we go on. But yeah, I expect it to. There wasn't even at this point a lot of variety in enemies. Yeah, a lot of the same ones over and over. And I would say, generally speaking, Seems not promising, though. not a hard game until the final boss, yeah. final encounter. Um, we struggled with one just because it was like a there's a weird mechanic with shooting this orb into this center pylon. Uh, that's weird. But the rest really of the time. Picky. Yeah, just super finicky. The rest of the time, it's it's just good gunplay. Uh, enemies are just super easy to kill, and we're just kind of running around. It's it's cool. It's just like games about shooting and orbs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Uh, big orb guys. Mm. Big orb guys. Big into orbs. All right, let's talk about another game that also has very short runs, and that <laughs> is Across the Obelisk. Yeah, we've been playing. Very the crap out of this game holy crap um i have 52 hours on record yeah i have 67 mm -hmm. you've played a lot without us i played one run oh my gosh yeah 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 <laughs> we played one run without you i have 55 hours be. you want to describe this caleb since you kind of introduced it did i okay sure um so this is a roguelike deck builder very much what? in this yeah but um, the gameplay <laughs> plays out like um, Darkest Dungeon, where you got four people on your side, four people on your side, and you're just kind of fighting back and forth until whoever dies. But it also has a lot more RPG elements to it. You're exploring an overworld match map that has like branching paths, and there are events that'll occur on the way that kind of can start these almost event lines that travel throughout the world, and you find more ones that lead on to the previous ones. And you're also doing the whole roguelite thing where you're building up your town, making it more powerful so that you can make yourself more powerful on each of the individual runs. And there are a lot of characters to unlock. We've unlocked, I think, like a third of the available ones to unlock. I mean, other than the oh. starting set of four. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so we're not even that crazy far into it we've only beaten the base difficulty a couple times and the next level higher once it's it's very important to note that this game has a difficulty system like that of diablo 3 where you can just you know scale up almost infinitely more well, difficult always game. the reference i don't yeah. know why it is for me but that's like the one that i think of What's, have, what, um... what what happened before diablo 3 that had that exact uh, like scaling mechanic where they were like the torment just... levels yeah, I mean, that's all it is. Torment 1 you through get 15 to, or it's whatever. It's like easy, medium, hard, and then you get like Torment, and then it's just Torment 1 through whatever number. I think it's yeah. 15. Yeah, it's exactly this like game, it's This game has madness levels, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've done Madness 1, which was... I mean, we got to the end boss, and we are like, this is it, we're done. There ain't no way we could possibly do this, and then we did it anyway, so... We did, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's... 
got a system in place where like normally in roguelikes you die and that's it, it like kicks you out this one if you lose it's like hey do you want to you just want to restart that combat and you're like all right mm -hmm. yeah no, and, no, no, it's do you want to bash your head against the wall yeah. against this one combat to try and just card it out? It uses like, what, for, as far as we can tell, it uses like the same seed for for everything that happens. So it's literally you draw the same cards, the monsters do the same actions. There's and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes the randomness. It, is I think it's because we make reason. different decisions i think so and it, and it and it changes it changes how it reacts but like essentially i think if you did the exact same actions again it would play out the exact same way yeah i think so besides maybe i feel like sometimes like the random attack cards are actually random although that one time we were trying to do the the meteor one over and over again that seemed to not be random i don't know yeah that's guys... murderous in the exact same order every time <laughs> oh it just never hit me as the yeah. frontliner yeah. But it's really cool because then it becomes like a puzzle of like, all right, well, Aaron put all the armor on him last time, but Chad died immediately. So this time he's going to use cards to save Chad instead. I I will say that replayability of the combat is is difficult enough to steer you away from just sitting there. Hmm. But it's there's like a slight variance, and that is enough to keep you enticed to maybe try it like, you know, two, three, four times before you're like, yeah. all right. Let's give up the run. We'll start over. Mm -hmm. The good part about that is if you do lose, you you keep a percentage of all of the stuff that you found, like all your shards and gold shards, like a card upgrade mechanic or card upgrade currency. And then gold is buying things, obviously. One of the obviously. most unique obviously. things this does, I think, is it really encourages stacking of buffs and debuffs. Most of them stack infinitely. So you start putting poison on a guy, he takes like 10 damage around. And then later in the game, you're building up and having like 600 poison on a guy who has like 4,000 health. You're trying to stack down over time. And it gets pretty wild. And a lot of the debuffs, like if you apply burning to an enemy, it makes them take more fire damage if you deal fire to the damage to them afterwards. You're like stacking up to reduce their resist resistance to do more damage. And it almost requires that kind of stacking of debuffs. It's really cool. Also, like... Go ahead. I was going to say it also gives you the roguelike feeling when you get to that point because it's like, holy crap, how are you doing that much damage on this dude Caleb. every round? <laughs> like it gives you the, the serotonin boost of all of a sudden doing a thousand damage because you're playing off of the 500 fire stacks that somebody else is stacked yeah. up. I don't think it has the Binding of Isaac super run feel only because... <laughs> no. Only because, and I think it's important to note, when you go to a different overworld, it's always a different element. So you start in the main world, and it's no elements. Then you go to your first world, you choose between fire, poison, or... Is it poison? Is that the second one? Poison? Yeah. Um, or ice. And depending on like what, you, what your approach is, like you may have a guy who's really good with fire, and you go to the ice world, you're like, yeah, I'm going to dominate. But the problem is, if you choose to go that route, all your rewards are ice-based. So that's, it's like that element-based. So you're not really upgrading the guy you want to upgrade. But if you go to the fire world, everybody is resistant to the guy who deals all the fire. And even though you may have great rewards at the end, it's a lot harder to slog through all of the those various combats to get to the end. Yeah, you know, it's it, a really cool kind of reward system where you have to play some tough stuff, but you unlock items that make the next part way easier. Honestly, I also, think the verdict's still out for me on this game. I need to play some more hours to <laughs> yeah. see if I really like it. Yeah. It feels like a roguelike feel happens almost 
each individual combat though with the way stuff stacks up yeah because you'll start a run and feel pretty weak and by the end of or start a combat and feel pretty weak and by the end of that one combat you'll be like everything's so easy right now like yeah just wrecking people towards the end of this fight and then it resets for the next you know yeah right you start, you start a combat all the monsters go first everybody's at like a quarter health by the end of the fight everybody's full health and the monsters are all dead it's great yeah, it, it's it's like everything just takes a while to come online, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And the runs are like eight hours long. Yeah, it's insane. We had multiple nights where we started at like nine or something, and we yeah. got done at two. Yeah, and we still weren't done with the run. It was like, all yeah, right, we'll pick this up it. again tomorrow. Wild, but it's fun. Uh, so, yeah, it's very, very, very well done game. And the, just the fact that it's multiplayer and you don't... I, I don't know how you do it, Kill. Like, there's no way I could play four characters in this game and have the ability to, like, focus on what each of those characters was specializing in and be able to... That's just too much. Like, that's not, I think you'd that's be not exciting not to me. Uh. It's overwhelming. I don't need that much. I, probably... I like playing and then just chilling for a minute and watching everybody else play. I probably wouldn't <laughs> play by myself either. It's like... I, I definitely like the communal aspect of yeah accomplishing well, it you know what it is alex you have played one of the pandemic legacy games with janae and missy and i which means mm. you didn't really play a pandemic legacy game because we played it for you and that's that's just yeah, you how those games work you don't play your own <laughs> character in that in that group no no everybody, everybody plays, plays every character you're not doing that's, that. That's well, just how not? regular pandemic goes. I was gonna yeah. say, yeah, pandemic's usually one person figures out the game and tells everyone how to play it. Yeah. You probably shouldn't do that actually. It's a more efficient move over here. Mm-hmm. Like, oh okay, I guess I'll do that then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Having a great time over here. <laughs> All right, so across the obelisk, check it out if you haven't played it. Um, let's move on. Finally and foremost, we have Overwatch 2. It's too bad we couldn't change the order, so that made any goddamn sense. <laughs> yeah, you gotta save the juicy bits for the like. That's know. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we gotta make sure our audience waits through like an hour of absolute dog shit. <laughs> That's how get you get them to listen watch. to the rest of it, you know? Before we talk about an actually new release. Hey, whoa! These are oh, new. Dude. Wow, new to us. Um, <laughs> new to us. Overwatch 2 is finally out, guys. Overwatch 1, done, dead, shut Killed down it. servers. Murdered it. No, not ever, Did, you know, never again. Done. Straight, not straight marked it. Um, Overwatch 2, completely unique, completely original game. <laughs> Absolutely Nothing new. like the first one has There's been launched. Th- it's so funny. Characters. We, we kept on trying to get Derek to play with us, and he kept on being like, guys, I haven't played it at all. I'm going to be terrible. We're like, Derek, it's the same game. <laughs> what? what are you talking about you haven't played it? he's like i haven't tried it at all i don't i don't know what to do what are you talking about <laughs> didn't they uh the game like literally use the same save file on your computer yeah it, like all your settings were mm-hmm. already there your, gra- yeah, like, yeah. your graphics your controls all that like i was like, very it, happy to see my controls were the same your yeah. sensitivity yeah i loved that i mean it was basically just an engine update with some I mean, mods it's still got like your old saved highlights and stuff like that like from yeah wherever I that couldn't folder find is my saved, fi- saved highlights i feel like that's just a quality of life thing that they were like look we want to mm-hmm. make sure this is seamless from overwatch one to overwatch two we understand what we're doing here so we're gonna make it 
really easy to access all the old content. We're going to make it really easy to port over all your settings, all your files, everything, all your skins. Yeah. No, you it's don't to do the anything. point you, you launch the new game, Overwatch 2, and then there's like a button where you can click to read patch notes. And it's got all the listed changes for like the new patch, quote unquote, which is Overwatch 2. And if you keep on scrolling, you can see like previous patches. And it's just mm. Overwatch 1 content. Overwatch 1. <laughs> That's incredible. I didn't like, see what? that. If if you listen to our podcast in the past, you'll know we've played a lot of Overwatch. This group. What? Also, um, sorry. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> sorry about yeah. that. Uh, Overwatch One was a six v six game. This is the big big change for Overwatch Two. Is they've yeah. gone to five v five. Five v five. I mean, Removed wow, it. wildly original, just crazy flip flop. To be fair, they did basically rework every single tank. Yeah, and a lot of DPS actually got updated as well. Sombra's the big one that's on my mind. Yeah. Um, Doomfist. Doomfist <laughs> is a tank now. Yeah. May doesn't. They got rid of like all the hard crowd control unless you're a tank. Uh, May yep. can't freeze anymore. McCree. Sorry. Cowboy man. Cowboy bebop does Cassidy. not have a stun. <laughs> yeah, Cassidy. Sombra's um, the only person who still has any form of like hard CC, right? May's uh, ult will freeze. DPS. Right. True. May's ult does freeze. All right, before we get into the negative aspects of Overwatch 2, any positive notes on okay. uh, playing? You know what? I, I, like the, I like Overwatch 2. I think it's a lot of fun. I have some positive notes on uh, oh, the... Oh, shut yeah, your mouth. Shut There's no way you have anything positive to say about this game. Well, I... PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah, let's go. Here's the real um, PowerPoint. I, I really like the uh, way that they set up competitive for Overwatch 2 versus the way that competitive was set up in Overwatch 1. I think that it's a lot more um, user-friendly, and I think a lot more people are going to actually play it. Um, one what, of, um... Wait, yeah. Sorry. Uh, what, what specifically are you talking about? Uh, so specifically, um, there is no more uh, SR number that you see. Mm, okay and and the other thing that I, uh, is that you're going okay well then how do i go up and down in ranks or whatever if you get seven wins you go up a division if you get 20 losses you go down whichever okay. one goes first is is what happens okay but it's I think that that's really good, and I really like that because, Jake, how many times have we went, you know, four and four in a night, but we went down an SR? Yeah, basically every time I've played Overwatch. (laughs) Yeah, and now that doesn't fucking matter. And so I was like, oh, I think that this is actually going to be kind of nice because as long as you don't even need to be even, right, to go up in, in ranks. You just need to win some of your games, and you'll go up. And so I think that it, it re- rewards a little bit more grinding and a little less skill base. And now apparently there still is an SR and all of that's like hanging in the background somewhere and all of that of like who your opponents are and things like that. But I think that it's going to feel a lot better playing the game competitively with your friends because when you take when you have a couple losses or a couple wins you're not going to feel too bad about it. It's a little weird because they're like basically lying to you about you improving. What do you mean by that? Because you can go even yeah. and you'll still go up over yeah. time. Mm-hmm. But eventually you'll reach a point where you will not, you will not go even, right? Yeah. yeah. You, will you, will be that you will just start losing and losing, right? right? I guess, yeah. I don't know. I imagine if 
if everybody's doing that like over the course of the season all the ranks just inch up little by little and then it resets next season Good with like the Let's sr see. numbers in the background are actually what's matchmaking people i don't know yeah, yeah. I, I don't know i don't know to be fair though i mean if it means everyone gets to have that sort of enjoyment of actually ranking up yeah it's be- it's better than overwatch where like i was i got platinum and i n- literally never changed for the entire time I played Overwatch One, I was just platinum all the time. I feel like I feel like Dota Two went through this because they used to just have MMR, and that was like the thing that you would look at. And then they yeah. moved to the medal system with the stars. Yeah, and you know, like you can kind of see yourself progress, and it is better. It just you're right in in the back end, it's just literally the same number. It's still the same system, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it just so happens that you're moving up a little bit easier than you would have before. Sure, but I, I'll, I'll take. That's I mean, weird. that's what probably, we play games for, like right? It, is for but... cheap victories. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just to feel good, you know. I'm I'm curious to hear that you guys are, are so negative because I I, th- I think gameplay wise, I think it's a lot better. I I think it's really fun now. It's a lot faster. I, I don't it's think faster, we're negative. It's more fun. I think you, you just highlighted okay. a component that I knew we would I would drift off onto if we didn't go ahead and talk about all the positive qualities of Overwatch 2. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh okay, then I guess I'll I'll say my my piece. Um Blizzard is still great at visual design. All oh the new gosh. default skins look great. They do. They're, amazing. They're so much better than even like the cool it's skins crazy. I have. Easy. It's so mm. cool. Like so many times I've been like, oh, I'll use one of my old skins. I'm like, actually, that new default <laughs> skin is kind of the best one. I don't yeah. know. Like, wait, what was the phrase you used, <laughs> Alex, to justify using your Orisa skin? Uh, I wasn't gonna oh say that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't either. I don't know. I made a joke. I I said I couldn't use the default skin because I'm I have to show I'm not a poor. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! Absolutely incredible. Uh, Even if the default skin looks better, it's so much. Arissa's new skin is so much better. Most of the new skins, you're you're spot on. They're all super well designed. Really good. Yeah. Um. There's pretty like, much no Moira reason finally to has a Moira. good skin. Yeah. In my yeah. in my opinion, <laughs> like finally, her her like sleeveless arm with like her gross purple mutated stuff. So cool. Yeah. Um, the other, I guess, um, Sombra used to be kind of weird. I think she's great now. She's really fun. I think she plays the way it kind of felt like she was supposed to be played, but they kind yeah. of chickened out on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, we don't want her to be an assassin, so she'll just be useless. And it's like, yeah. oh, interesting. That was no, a now she's an assassin make. and she's yeah. real good. She's, I've heard, uh, word on the street is she is getting nerfed. They're going to mm-hmm. nerf her damage, I think, by like 20% on Hacks Target, something like that. Mm-hmm. Might I, I feel like that, that sounds high to me, but maybe it's like, really, it matters against tanks. Like, you're still going to be able to delete like a Mercy or whatever, but like, you're not going to be able to blow up a tank. I don't know. That's probably but, true. Yeah. I think New Sombra is awesome. And I think only having one tank means tank can be a lot more fun. Yeah, I I've had a lot of fun playing solo tank. Tanks are a only, lot more fun now. Not only that it's just one tank, but also that they've removed they've removed most shields in the game. So yes. you don't just sit there and shoot through a shield at your end. Like your mm-hmm. goal is as a tank to really just be soaking up damage in the middle of combat, moving Go around. In there. Yeah, absolutely. So much better. 
so much better. After find odd now is it's almost the goal of most people on the team to ignore the enemy tank kill oh, off yeah. everybody else yeah and mm-hmm. then everybody kind of which is a very different game than it used to be yeah, yeah. I, my my experience in playing it is pretty much just find wherever their anna slash main heal is kill her ignore everyone else because it doesn't matter yeah i mean that's um, fair on shields, I will say it's like now now we're playing with like so few shields whenever there actually is a shield. It's like incredibly annoying. <laughs> like, <laughs> monkey like shield is just, super strong. Yeah, just yeah. Winston's. It's Winston made it so, so much annoying. stronger and it's obnoxious. I'm like trying to shoot people and or heal people and it's like, I can't now. What, what is this? <laughs> what is this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who put this here? Yeah, and it changes like positioning so much too whereas like usually a I don't know. Yeah, I think I still think getting rid of the shields was a good plan. I just think they need to take it a little bit further. I I think Reinhardt needs a shield. He's just like that is innate to his yeah, character. That's his. I thing. think Sigma's shield is fine. It's low enough mm-hmm. damage to break through, and it's a slow enough <laughs> recharge time that it doesn't matter. Monkey shield is is broken. It needs fixed. It does. It feels like it's stronger than even Sigma's shield. Yeah, and yeah. I think yeah. it covers cool such down. a wide area, and the cooldown right. short, super short. And if you think yeah. about it, it does cover, you're right, it covers much bigger area because it's a yeah. 360 around and wherever he's at. You can mm-hmm. dip out of it, like, super easily. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a weird one. And mm-hmm. he puts it, like, in between, like, the tank and the healers, and it's like, well... Yep. If you walk like, in there he's not healer, protecting. He's like, him. If you don't, he's not protecting you his team, he's, like, attacking with it. It's weird. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I, I uh, will say I agree with Jake. I think it's a lot of fun. I haven't really played Overwatch much by myself, but I find myself doing that in Overwatch 2 now. I, um, I literally, with Overwatch 1, I don't think I ever played Overwatch 1 alone. Yeah. Like, maybe here and there, but Overwatch 2, I mean, part of it is that it had such a weird launch that it was like, if you get in, you better play for, like, an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, like literally, even once it studied out, I was just like, man, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna play a few games. Like, you know, it's fun, maybe. And so another weird thing that happened is when you queue up for any role, I was actually getting every role and not just support every yeah. single yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. Which is wild. The amount of times happened. you get damaged now is insane. I couldn't believe it. I assumed yeah. it was a glitch. Yep. <laughs> uh, um, all three of the new heroes that they added, I think are really good. I was they're about to say, really I think they're cool. great. Um, Sojourn, I feel like Sojourn's maybe a little strong. Yeah, I th- yeah. she is. <laughs> her, yeah. her, her cooldown on the slide jump is so short. She is like yeah. a super mobile character. Well, and, and her fucking, her charge shot is like devastating. Like, it's yeah. wild. I mean, yeah. it one shot's 200 health and below, right? Yeah, like everyone, mm-hmm. if, you hit, if you hit a headshot with it. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, the professional Overwatch player, Jake, had tweeted out that they should make it not headshot. Like the mm. alt fire, and I was oh, like, you know yeah. what? That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even good. even when she's ulted, or only when she's not ulted. Uh, only when she's not ulted was the suggestion. Okay. It's fine that... when she ults, but mm. yeah, I think that's that's a good that. idea. Yeah, I mean, mm. I I could see it just because it's so annoying when like you know you're just hanging out and you just get headshot. She didn't, you know, she had shot the tank for a minute, you know, five seconds, yeah. and then she just killed you out of nowhere, and it's like, oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've had some spicy plays on her. It's yeah, uh, it feels fun. really good on her when you get a couple headshots in a row. Also, the, mo- the the mobility is so much fun. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Like being able to like outmaneuver people like that and understand oh, yeah. more like how why people play Genji all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's now that there's not stuns everywhere, it's like, yeah. oh, if I can if I can maneuver around them, they might not be able to kill me. Right. Whereas before it's like, oh, I'm gonna like get in there and be all fancy and oh flashbanged and stunned and killed. Yep. It's just like, oh, okay, that that wasn't really fun. I'm just gonna go back to playing in a death ball. And we'll just all squat up. I'll stand behind three shields and it'll be fun. Question mark? <laughs> yeah. I think that's one of our biggest issues with the kind of meta right now is that Genji is so good because they're lacking any kind of yeah. stun on anyone who's not a tank. Yeah, he's tough to deal with. I, I think the like issue every game. is yeah, I, every I, game. I, I think removing a lot of the crowd, the, the stuns in the game is was very necessary because a lot mm-hmm. of them were very broken. We're not broken, but they just changed the way that you could approach a fight. At the end of the day, I think it's just not fun to get stunned and then killed. Yeah. But but when they removed all that, they allowed several characters who have high mobility, who have high damage output, and are just hard to follow, like run of the map. I mean, there's a Genji in every single match we play. And it's mm-hmm. they're just bouncing around the map. You can't stop them. You can't kill them. The deflect lasts for so freaking long. Uh, and the fact that he has a double jump plus a spread shot plus the three shuriken one run after another shot means he can just kind of do whatever he wants with no repercussions. Yeah. And, I mean, especially in uh, competitive because there's not one but two counters of that character that is no longer playable because they just took uh, out Bastion and <laughs> Torbjorn is being workshopped that right. like... You, you just are like, okay, there's always going to be a Genji in your comp match. There's yeah. One person will always play Genji. Yeah. It, I don't know. that it That's a weird decision to remove all that and not nerf a few of those characters, while at the same time adding in the invulnerability aspect from, like, Kiriko. Mm-hmm. I think that directly counters several ults and hard. Like, just removes the ability to damage characters at all. And, Man, I, yeah. like, I, I understand Kiriko that's what Lantern like... did before, but is so much fun. Uh, yeah, she a lot of fun. because she's she she's strong and she's her chime she's is really way too strong. strong <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I it's I not even like... about being new and strong. It's she's her kit is like she fun is, to honestly, engage with. I think she would be really fun even if you took out Suzu, which I think is what it's called. Suzu. I think just Protection adding Suzu. adding an invulnerability effect is a bridge too far. I thought the same thing when BAP came out. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. a thing that just makes you invulnerable? Are you sure? Yeah. That doesn't it sound It is like a really fun. short window with her. I mean, yes, hers is like, you have like a second of it. Yeah, yeah but it's the problem is it's an AoE. I'd be okay if it yeah. was one person, but when you when you have somebody who does a Sigma lift and picks like four people up in the air, and right before they hit the ground, it's just invulnerable, so no one takes damage. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's pointless I, to play Sigma. Against I, I love her ability to get rid of the anti-nade. Mm-hmm. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's stuff, an yeah. amazing that's really thing with that because you just toss it. Okay, cool. This part, you know, like my tank no longer is purple and they can actually live with it. But yeah, like it feels bad when you see when you're like charging as a Reinhardt and you're like, all right, I charge in. I caught the person. I'm going to slam them against this wall. This is going to be great. And they're just like invincibility. They're fine. I think yeah. they okay. it, it would make more sense if they made it a lot like Orisa's uh gold gilded where mm-hmm. it's like you're not affected by some of the like 
movement mechanics or uh, targeting mechanics for like the uh, the grenade from Anna, and at the same time you get like a damage mitigation percentage. Sure, that would make sense because then you could still lift somebody, you could still get damage. You know the big alts where it's like a big team fight alt, you can't just reduce that to nothing and basically negate that entire ultimate, which is kind of the whole reason they got rid of stuns in the first place, right? Because you you like you basically take that character out of the game who you've who you've stunned They're, they just don't get to play i mean mm -hmm. uh let's not forget that they very specifically stated oh hey we don't like negating people's ultimates or negating people's kills so we're gonna take away the mass res alt that mercy had yeah. and then instantly they're just like hey you know something uh, we're gonna also negate all of these other people being able to actually use their kits either, and it just it doesn't make any fucking sense because I'm like, if you're gonna let people like be able to res through an entire alt or be able to be invincible through an entire alt or use a Zen thing for an alt or something like that, it's like then Mercy should be able to just res people and be done right. with it. I, um, I really like. It's a different issue, I think. I think they fall in the same category because it's basically a complete flip-flop of a team fight based on one character's ability. But the res promotes bad... Like, yeah, it definitely yes. promoted a toxic playstyle, right? Where it's yeah. like, Mercy, you go, just go somewhere else. Go to a different map and wait until <laughs> yeah. we lose, then come play the game for a little bit, and then probably die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do like, to your point, Aaron, like, Turning an entire fight with one person's ability, that's kind of the same thing as like the ults that she's preventing at this point, right? Mm. Like right, you throw yeah. a diva bomb into a group that turns an entire fight with one person's ability. Like, okay, here's a good example. But then you can counter it now. Right. Here's a good example. Um Orissa's spinning spear yep. that yeah. blocks damage. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great addition. You can block diva bomb with that. You can just stand can in front you? of have people stand behind you and you don't die. At least that's what I've experienced. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's incorrect. I have no uh, idea. But, I mean, I've stood directly in front of a diva bomb that went off in front of me while the spear was spinning and I didn't take any damage. Maybe maybe I had a Kariko on my team and I was just invulnerable. <laughs> uh, but if it was something like that where it's like a directional thing or if it was only one character that you could make invulnerable, sure. Otherwise, let's change it to something where it's just damage mitigation. It's... Uh, you know, extra healing or something. I mean, like something that's more sure. balanced that doesn't just completely like take away from one character's ult. I, like I understand the mechanics of flip, like flip flopping a team combat, a team fight, because that's what Dota is all about. You try to play around, you know, the other player's ultimates, and you try to make those ultimates less effective. But when you are in the middle of that ult and you can just negate it entirely because you just happen to press a button. That's a different thing. Most of the time you get ulted in something like Dota, you're, you're stuck. You, you, you're already in it. You're either, yeah. you know, in black hole or you're in a chronosphere or you're in the middle of shadow fiend exploding. I mean, there's just, I think it's, I think it's just counterplay options. Cause like, if you have the ult that can be negated by Suzu, you don't throw it if you know that she has it up. Like you wait to see her cleanse something, and then you're like, "Oh, now's what's the, the time." What's the cooldown? It's, it's pretty, pretty long. long. Yeah, I mean, okay, it's maybe like six or seven it's, seconds. Right? If you see, if you see her use it, you have time to act. Absolutely, yeah, and it's. I mean, it's. It comes out kind of slow. You gotta have really good timing on it to negate an ult. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I, I could, can kind of see both sides. I'm kind of. I torn could on see it. them take the invulnerability away 
and just have the cleanse. But I think the cooldown would have to come down. Absolutely. I, I, I think do think fine. I think she's a little overloaded. She's hyper mobile, can do crazy damage, has pretty good healing. Yeah. And she can make people vulnerable and her ult is really good. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's it is a lot. I'm actually really surprised how low the cooldown is on the teleport. Yeah, it feels like she can teleport like all the time. But it's I mean, it's pretty limited. You can only go to a teammate. I mean, sure, but that's that's usually enough to get especially combined with your vulnerability move. Yeah. In Overwatch one, it would be useless almost in this game. Everybody's so spread out all the time. You can teleport all over the map. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I will say my favorite moment that would still be preserved if you took away the invulnerability is I love playing against a Rhine and just like staying away from the group and waiting for mm -hmm. him to ult and then just immediately standing everybody back up. Ah, uh, sure. See, that's it's, that's cool. It's you so it's so much fun. You, I mean, you didn't really negate the ult. It still occurred. Did. I mean, yeah, but they still take the damage from the ult. They still fall down, so it's less time that they can spend damaging people. I now, mean, usually not... he immediately charges, and it will usually negate the charge also, which that would that would go away, which I could see yeah. that being okay. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's still super fun. The only other thing I yeah. would say that I think needs nerf for sure is Cassidy's Grenade. I think, I think it's it needs nerfed. A hundred percent. It does. It's a way lot too strong. Of, it, does, it does probably too much damage. The problem is, it's like the only thing that deals with Genji now. I feel like I know Cowboy Bebop's pretty rough right <laughs> now because he, he has like no protection and his his mobility is he has a single roll move. Yeah. He can, but his he can single body shot grenade and kill most most weak characters. Yeah. You know, anybody who's pounds. under two hundred. Uh, maybe. Maybe. The grenade does like 150 if it sticks. It's it's, it's so yeah, strong. It's kinda, and it's the hitbox to stick someone is very really? large. <laughs> it tracks, yeah. Let me just throw it in your general direction. Oh, you're stuck. Good luck. It does kind of have limited range. I mean it's it's short, it's like his flashbang. Yep. Yeah. It's so short. like you do have to put yourself in danger to use it, but Man, yeah, it it's really good in the situation of Genji dives your backline and then you throw a grenade on him and he just explodes. Yeah, yeah. See, but that I don't know. That just why didn't they take the flashbang and they were like, let's make this actually a flashbang where all of a sudden your screen just goes like kind of white. <laughs> I can still move and do all the things I would normally do, but I I can't I can't really interact with what's going on in the game very well. I don't know. That's basically a stun. <laughs> yeah, same difference, kind of. I don't know. I am. Have you guys played much Brig, Brigida? A tiny bit. Yeah. A little bit. I feel like she's weird without CC. Yeah. Like they took mm -hmm. away her shield bash. Like she still has shield bash. I just it doesn't do much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I was playing Dang. a game and a Farah like basically got on the ground and ulted, and I was like easy, and I shield bashed her, and then I died to Farah ult because yeah. <laughs> of course I did, and I was like, oh right. What is this it, for now? I genuinely don't know. It feels it more feels like, like a mobility, mobility. tool, like yeah, escape. Yeah. But, but like, so it like, goes I gotta a lot farther put now, my right? shield up, turn around, and yeah. bash away. That doesn't feel right. Yeah, it just feels it weird. You get on I don't top know. of people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I still had fun with Brig, but like, yeah. I don't know. I feel like her. I feel like they should have completely reworked her. 
Because without without CC, I feel like she doesn't have much of a point. Like her boop is as good as it's ever been. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like, I don't know. Shield Bash was kind of her whole thing. I feel like you need to give yeah. her something better than, oh, it goes further. Oh, it go far. Similar situation. <laughs> I, I still think May is pretty fun, but. Oh, yeah. I actually, she's I in a, a weird spot now. May. I to, personally, I, I always thought May's strongest point was her wall. Yeah. yeah. Just being able to be like, oh, you're going to run back to your healer. No, you're stuck in here with me, my guy. And then yeah, you just, you just kill him. Good. Yeah. And her, her to... regular blast seems to do decent enough damage. Yeah. But you can still that now it's actually an option to just be like, I don't want to figure out the icicle of projectile bullshit. I'm just going to hose you down. Yeah. Yeah. You can hose people down pretty well now. It, it, yeah. It's, it's pretty good damage now. Yeah. Uh, and it know. does slow still, which is nice. Mm -hmm. But I think that's necessary, though. I mean, just oh, taking yeah. out the freeze, I think, was a good decision with her. Yeah. I don't really. I think yeah, the reason let's she feels the agency like, and they can use abilities to yeah. counter stuff. But mm -hmm. I think the reason she feels like she's in a bad place is that there's been so many reworks that are so well done that yeah. it just feels like they were left behind. Brig was left behind. Yeah. I mean, it like it, some of those characters, I think, will just feel like that for a while until they decide, oh, okay, maybe they regroup, revamp, change that character. Like that's one of the things they do in Dodo where it's like every so often those characters, they're like, you know what? My, um, the way I'm approaching combat isn't working. I'm going to change my tools, change my mechanics. And they kind of build it into the character story. So like maybe hmm. they could do that here and make an adjustment to it. I mean, sure. They've reworked. Symmetra has been re reworked. What? Like 12 times. <laughs> yeah. Orb got reworked. Doomfist is a fucking tank now. Yeah. I, I could see them. If like, if Briggs really just not working, just going in there and being like, you know what? I don't even know what you do with her, but they do something cool. Yeah. She has a jetpack now. Yes. She melees Ferris to death in the sky. Yes. Yeah. Oh Beautiful. my god, that'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, before we moved on from this, I wanted to talk about kind of the monetization a little yeah. bit. Um, I was hoping Chad would be here because I know he knows Battle Pass stuff really well. Um. So it just I guess just coming at it from like a layman's perspective, the battle pass is ten dollars. It lasts for three months and you get five legendary skins, one epic skin, one mythic skin, which is like their new ultra high tier. And it looks awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, you get immediate access to the new character and an XP boost for the rest of the season. So you get like 20 percent extra experience, which lets you get through it faster. You also get some other shit, but that honestly, who cares about the other stuff? I feel like that's pretty good. I don't know. I don't know battle passes, so maybe I'm way off base here, but that's basically $3 a month to get a bunch of cool cosmetics. It seems fair to me. It's it seems okay. Um a lot of games at this point, I think I feel like most of the big games at this point have premium currency on the battle pass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. which is like a big thing that's missing here so like i know at least for call of duty if you complete the entire battle pass you can afford the next battle pass sure which is like super nice because it just keeps you right you can just it, it keep, rewards the people a that fan like play a lot you know yeah you it's do real... so you sorry go ahead I was just going to say that's a really cruel way of them keeping you engaged in their game because, I mean, that's in <laughs> essence what they're doing. They're like, all right, you pay for one battle pass. If you stay around and play a lot, you actually don't have to pay for the next battle pass because you can pay for it by way of the one you just played. 
right, it's yeah. kind I'm, of a I'm win-win for else. them right it's like right. you're either giving them money or you're their content right yeah. Exactly. Yeah. easy i, I know... think that uh just the amount of skins and things that are in overwatch at this point and like new players are going to have such a hard time to get any of the older um stuff that i would have liked to have seen either some sort of currency or even a thing that's just being like hey here's like we added a new winston skin uh but you get just like uh, when you when you hit like you know that level or whatever, you just get like a token that's just like you get a free legendary skin. Sure. Pick whatever legendary skin you want it to be. It can be the new Winston skin that we just added for exactly this slot. Or if you hate it, you could then take that token and then use it anywhere else. Yeah, I and I think that would have been nicer. I really, I'm super baffled by what they've done with the old Overwatch 1 skins. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. like, you, you can buy them in the shop, but they're, like, 20 bucks for one. It's, it's like, expensive. it's absolutely buck wild. I don't understand. Like, like, literally, the first time I got in and played, I looked at the store, and it was, like, the ugliest Moira skin you've ever seen. It was, like, the pur- a purple one that made her look like a Christmas tree. Like, just <laughs> bright green, ugly. And it was, like, 15 bucks. And I was, like, what? What? Yeah. That doesn't make any goddamn sense. Like, they should be giving away Overwatch 1 skins like motherfucking candy. Yeah. Like, the fact that the free battle pass is not chock full of Overwatch 1 skins Hmm. is so weird to me. Because, like, nobody's going to pay $20 for an old Overwatch skin. I don't think. Especially the same idea as, like, the premium currency on the battle pass. They, They have the legacy currency in there. Mm-hmm. They could have just put that on the battle pass too, and then you could yeah. use that for old skins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's so weird, especially if you look at what's free on the battle pass, like the stuff you don't have to pay for. Garbage. It's hot shit. <laughs> yeah. Like if you don't pay for the battle pass, you basically don't get any. You don't unlock anything. Yeah. yeah. Like you yeah. get ooh a voice line. Ooh, you get camouflage Winston. Wow, that's that's great. <laughs> that's a good one. Like it's it's kind of insulting and like the game's free i can't be too upset that like they don't give you the world for free but like i'm like just don't even put it in if you're not gonna put anything on it you know like just say the battle pass is ten dollars if you don't pay for it you can eat shit i don't know yeah you can play the game for free well they wanted to have the free track because they're putting the new characters on there sure yeah which yeah yeah and that's already problematic because just like we're what a week or two into the launch or something of of the of the game and like they were just like hey uh you can now play uh the new character you know the new healer is now available in competitive cool if you didn't buy the pass and you didn't get like the legacy, hey, you get the care, uh, you get her for free because you played Overwatch One. Um, how many people hit level fifty already? Because right. I haven't. Yeah. Like be, I, 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 mean, I agree that it's like, hey, this is cool. But if you're going to let, if you're going to put the new characters into competitive so soon, you need to move them up in your in your season release kind of schedule because otherwise, it's going to be so hard for people to get her and be viable in something like uh, in competitive because you have to have played for forever to have gotten the the character already yeah yeah I, i'm kind of i'm kind of torn on because like there's so many characters 
right? Like not being able to play Kiriko right now, it's like you're not gonna lose because of that. Like you, there, you can play someone else. It's totally fine. Um, and also like the game's free, so I'm I'm constantly kind of pulled like like it's shitty of them to do it, but like you are playing the game without paying any money for it. Mm-hmm. So like I, I can put up with some of this bullshit just because like like it's literally free. I want to know what happens at the end of the season and how people unlock her after that. If they what even... what I've yep. heard is that there's like challenges to unlock the characters after the season they're in. Mm. So like I I don't know what that translates to, but let's let's right. say it looks like if it looks like maybe the daily challenges, right? It's like oh heal X amount and get twenty frags and you get Kiriko, right? Um <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I Speaking of challenges, the currency you can get from challenges is abysmal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I was just gonna comment on that of that like so at best you complete every single weekly challenge and get sixty coins yeah. of yeah. the new currency, and you need a thousand to get a legendary skin with that currency, and that is just fucking insane like i understand that you didn't want to give it out like candy like you did with uh the currency in overwatch one because like you just i mean at some point you just opened loot boxes because you knew you were just gonna get currency and that's all you had and like you know talking to a lot of people we've got a ton of overwatch one currency coming into it because of that exact problem of it's just was so much but here i feel like you have the exact opposite uh problem of like Man, it takes you 10 weeks just to get to a legendary skin or like even close to it. And then which one are you going to get? Like, I don't know, with that much grinding that you have to do to get a skin like that. A, they better be the best goddamn skins in the world. And (laughs) B, I'm not inclined to actually spend any of that money on it. Because what happens if the second I buy, you know, this one legendary skin, it's either going to go on sale which dear god i hope they actually do that kind of stuff to make any of this affordable for people or on the flip side of it it's going to just be like it's like well maybe they're gonna you know have a really nice sombra skin next and since i play more sombra i'm just I'm gonna have to wait with this pile this tiny little pile of credits so i i wouldn't look at it because the legendary skins are comically overpriced I assume yeah. they're going to fix that because it, it's ridiculous. I, I can't imagine anyone being like, oh, I $20 want that Doomfist <laughs> 1 skin. You know, yeah. like, I think that's crazy. I think something that is reasonable price, if you look at it for the battle pass, you yeah. can put the coins towards the battle pass. And essentially, like, it's still it's still not a lot of money, but it does mean every other battle pass. If you did 100% of the weekly challenges, every other battle pass would be free. Which, I, again, you're not going to get all those challenges. No. Like, almost certainly not. But, yeah. on paper, that's not a terrible deal. Every other one free? For a $10 battle so, pass, it's really not that bad. Yeah, right. Uh, the leg- Again, I'm not in any way excusing the legendary skin thing. It's ludicrous to me that they think they're worth $20 standalone. <laughs> I think, I I think don't that's know what, what I was talking to you about, Caleb, was every other battle pass you could afford if you do every weekly challenge but there's that one weekly challenge team yeah. kills that's mm-hmm. like basically play impossible comp. unless play you comp. play nope so play much comp. overwatch no just play comp you can get it in less than an hour oh my gosh dude i don't know 
Be- because here's the thing is when you're doing quick play and stuff people stagger themselves and don't care people are running off doing whatever if you play an actual competitive match people will die with their team because that's the right call so that way they spawn with their team instead of like doing weird staggers and so if you want team kills like i get three or four of them a game and so it's not that hard to do it's not that hard to get it all in comp in a very short amount of time I will say, even di- divorced from the the monetary thing, I think the challenges are a great addition. Yeah, I, I think it's fun to get to the end and be like, because before it was just like first one of the day, and whether or not you won, right? Maybe yeah, a battlefield yeah, right. bonus. But now it's like, oh, you healed a certain amount. Great. Here's a ton of battle pass XP. Oh, you got twenty frags. Great. More battle pass XP. I, I good think. Stuff. I mean, that feels great. I love yeah. that. Challenges yeah. are good. I'm I was kind of say, sad I, the end of game cards are gone with like the voting sure. system. Not that they I, ever fucking made sense. <laughs> they, they never made sense or matter, but it was always fun to like. It was fun to look see at them and just three cards, three Honestly, people. it was usually yeah. Yeah, our old memes. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate the amount of uh, challenges that you get for the day and the week. Mm-hmm. Like they give you a ton and I feel like that's really good because even when I'm like wrapping up a, a run of, you know, playing with you guys for an hour or two, uh, you know, I feel like I've got a ton of quests, you know, challenges that I can actually run through during that time frame. And I don't feel bad that I didn't get all of them because they give you like 20 a day. And I'm just like, yeah. all right, cool. I did like half of them, whatever. I'm still flying up the battle pass. I don't mm-hmm. feel like I'm like oh no, I have to do each, you know, I must make sure I get my five, uh, you know, challenges done. Because what happens if I don't? It's like, oh, whatever, I, I, I did plenty. Yeah, there'll be more. Yeah, and so I, like I, I do appreciate that. Though. Yeah, th- I think the weeklies being tied to a um, to the, the real currency yeah. makes them, like, toxic. And there's 11 that you need to complete, and you... You just don't get the last 10 coins if you don't finish that last one. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is nice that they're front loaded. So for getting mm-hmm. what four, cha- the first four challenges are 30. Yeah. The next four, I guess, three. are I, three are 20. And then the next three after that are tw- 10. Yeah. Something I don't like know. That. I might have those numbers wrong, but it's like the you get the biggest sum first, right? Yeah. So it's like even, you know, you are you're obviously losing, losing money, mm-hmm. but you know, it, it is at least front loaded. I don't know. The, yeah. the economy's fucked. I there's I haven't spent any <laughs> of my legacy points because I'm like convinced they're going to change it later because it's ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it like seven dollars for a highlight intro? It's I like, genuinely who's, who's gonna pay who's seven dollars for this? one? <laughs> like I can't imagine they've made any money off that. They probably make money off the battle pass, mm-hmm. but like oh, a skin almost. I mean, the, it man. Crazy to the me. battle crazy pass me. seems seems fine. Like ten bucks is I think I get. Yeah, I'm like value. you know what that is good. But to me, it's like ten dollars, and the mythic is in the battle pass. Yeah. So I would think a legendary like because if a legendary was five bucks, I could see myself picking up like the one or two skins I forgot about. But I'm not paying forty dollars for two skins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Now the mythic is in there, but it's the last level, so it's it is like the last. You have an opportunity to get a mythic if you pay ten dollars, but are mm-hmm. you going to get to the end of the battle pass? That's the question. You got you got three months, 
So you have yeah. you have a pretty long time to get there. I'm not too worried I think about it. I did. It's I did right. get Actually, the premium, and I'm I'm going through it pretty quick. Yeah, and this weekend's double XP weekend too. So oh, nice. we gotta play Good this weekend, I'm boys. Yep. Yes, Aaron's gone. <laughs> yeah. Guys, we can win a few. Perfect. Exactly. Ooh. Vicious. Damn. All right. Uh, let's let's move on from games and talk about one thing in news, which is uh, voice actors, <laughs> and specifically a voice actor for Bayonetta three. Yeah, let's talk about it. I think it's absolutely insane. Of uh, like, uh, you know, Jake and I were having this conversation of just like, oh hey, why did uh, Bayonetta get recasted? Um, two, between two and three, and then all of a sudden there was just like a string of videos that were released by the voice actress. It was just like they didn't pay me enough money. I asked for more money, and they only wanted to pay me four thousand. And I said, "Fuck you guys!" And then they hired Jennifer Hale, and I was like, "All right, seems legit." Uh, and then like, of course, Platinum Games has now stated that like she was lying and that they were gonna do four thousand per session which would have been like sixteen thousand dollars for like a week week's worth of work which seems pretty fucking good to me but they were probably lying about that well, he, so, so here's the thing though it, it wasn't platinum didn't release and say hey here's what actually happened there was an article by jason's jason yeah. scryer who you know cited sources from platinum admittedly but like it wasn't like a, the official platinum line. This was like Jason Scryer. If nobody knows who Jason Scryer is, he's like kind of a big name in games journalism. He blew yeah. the lid off of a lot of the um, uh, Bioware abuse. Uh, his his big thing of like the basically the failure of Anthem kind of blew the lid off of the whole crunch culture there. So he's kind of like a big name. So like to hear it coming from him to me gives it a lot of credence he he to me in my mind is like one of the last like real reporters in the industry yes, where absolutely. he actually has like sources he maintains and like makes sure he fact checks everything before it's just mouthing off about something and is actually like doing investigative work and that kind of thing mm-hmm. he yeah he's a journalist versus the people that are just kind of right. like making videos on stuff just to get the clicks. Who would do that also? That's stupid. Stupid. (laughs) Online content sucks. Yeah. (laughs) And I I read a bit more into like what actually he did after the fact. And like, it seems like he actually has been shown documentation and has like Mm -hmm. verified it. And like, it seems like very hard at this point to say that his sources would be wrong i think yeah it i i am more inclined to believe him than i don't i god i had her name helena taylor helena taylor thank you yeah i i don't know i mean like you know i'm all like you know voice actors should be paid better wages almost certainly for sure Mm -hmm. but like it does kind of sound like maybe she wasn't fully truthful about what happened i don't know obviously I don't I know. Think the the thing that stands out to me is her comment about living yeah. wage. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. a really weird that's a that's a very strange adjective to use when yeah, you're talking the, about four thousand dollars a session. Even, well, even, even if, if you're talking it was about four thousand dollars for all the voice lines, that's still well, well above, above what you would consider to be a living yeah. wage, even if you do yeah. live in California. 
if if she makes if she made four thousand dollars a week, right? She is making well over my salary, and I have a living wage. Yeah. So I, was I mean, like, four thousand yeah. dollars a week is like a three hundred or two hundred and eighty some thousand yeah, dollar year salary. I was, salary. Say, I was yeah. like, now, you know, she's sorry. fine with four thousand dollars a week. Like that's that's great money. It, it so it is like gig work, so it's not guaranteed that she's getting that every week. Mm-hmm. She she would have to have like enough work to support her. I did over I, time, but I tried to do some research into this because obviously none of us are voice actors, and you know the companies don't just post here's how much we pay our voice actors, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really it's hard to find. But my impression is that four thousand is very low. Um, trying to dig a little bit more, it seems like four thousand is like the base amount, sort of like. If you were just hiring like some random like um was it SAG actor four thousand would yeah. be like the lowest you could possibly pay them, is my understanding. Again, I, so, I gotta emphasize I don't necessarily know, but so pulling back someone who is a big, you know, bayonet is really big. So pulling her back and saying we're gonna give you the lowest possible amount, I can see that being really insulting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like what? I I did research into the, like the SAG rates and stuff like that. Um. And it did seem like four thousand, like that would be like what you're saying, like some no name person. I I had actual hard numbers. Uh, like one voice for one hour would be four seventy eight fifty, right? And they have like a scaling pay scale over the amount sure. of sessions that you have. So like ten sessions would be like twenty five seventy eight fifty, which okay. that's like ten hours. And th- we're saying this is going to be like. Like she said that she was going to work like uh, she did 16 hours in the first game. So it almost like equals about like $4,000 rate. If you do the math out, which I don't. I don't know if I'd call that insulting or not. I guess if you're if you're trying to bring back like the voice, like it's big voice, Mm -hmm. you might want to offer more. Sure. But even at the the rate she claims 4000, it's not terrible. Also, there was. um. It's it's really kind of all over the place. There's a lot of people in support of her when she first said it and was like four thousand dollars was like bad. But then there was some other people like uh uh one of the voice actors on Mass Effect. Um Jennifer Hale. No. <laughs> I'm thinking of uh who's the guy that was like the 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 doctor with like the bug eyes. What's his more are you talking about morden yeah, yeah the guy that morden. played morden okay he was on twitter he was like yeah like video game voice acting for main characters is like it doesn't take that long and usually you make like 250 dollars an hour or something like that uh if so they offered me four thousand dollars to do mass effect i would have jumped at it like i didn't even get that much for that game so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah know, i mean it definitely it seems like voice actors should be paid more Mm-hmm. Just sort of across the board, but also like, you know, it's sort of like an industry wide problem and it's not like, oh, they really fucked her over. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's a gig economy problem. It's right. like the, right. the problem yes. with anything that's gig based, you know, even yeah. like the whole Uber For driver sure. thing being gig based. That's it's all an issue because you don't have health insurance. You don't have. You know, mm. all of these nice things, retirement, you don't have any of that. So you got to plan yeah. for all of that yourself. You're paying higher taxes. I mean, it's just like there's yeah, a lot of so. extra things to think about. So they automatically should be paid higher. But I still am on Caleb's side. The thing that gets me is the whole living wage yeah. comment. Well, well, like, well, I'd be upset if, the I'd be fine with it. 
Because the other detail from the story was that supposedly she countered offered with six figures plus royalties is what she wanted. Yeah, which if true, that is that's absurd. That's, that's kind of crazy town. That's actually like, what are you, Chris Pratt? Yeah, right. Like hey. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, and the real, oh. the real thing that bothers me about the entire situation is that like that came out, and then she like, wrote an email that was like, "No, they're lying," but. At this point, I just want to put everything behind me. I'm done yeah. with the situation. When yeah. I'm like, you're the one that, the the one that started so... it. Like, right. what are you talking about? Like, if you actually had proof or it was sure. if you real, had like what you're saying, you wouldn't just be like, no, nah, they're lying. Anyway, moving on now. Yeah. yeah. She, also, I... she also pulls that line. If, if you're someone who cares about people, cares about the yeah. world around you, I'm like, whoa. You just say you don't <laughs> care if people don't boycott it. Don't say... You can't call for a boycott. The whole thing's so weird, right? Because calling for a boycott feels like such an extra move for basically yeah. saying, like, they offered me money and I turned down the job. Yeah. Like, right. Amazon didn't hire me out of college, but I'm not calling for a boycott of Amazon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, don't I mean, know. I am, but for different reasons. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. But, like, yeah, I... okay. The thing, sorry, Owen, I will let you finish in yeah, a second. Yeah, yeah. But the, the thing that really, like, even from the start, that seemed fishy to me, right, is that she got replaced by Jennifer Hale. Yeah. And Jennifer Hale is, like, the biggest name in voice acting. Like, she's the biggest voice actress I know of. Mm -hmm. She voices goddamn everything. She was the voice of female Commander Shepard. Yep. And she she wouldn't have taken an insulting offer. She would have been paid way better. So, like, something's weird. Either they just wanted to get rid of her or something weird's going on, right? Yeah, I would think so. I think that, that, that you know, like, there was a lot of people that thought that was, like, the rumor of that, like, they tried her out because contractually they're a, they're supposed to, and then they just lowballed her because they wanted to replace her with ever. Jennifer Hale. Uh, but they had, like, by contract, they had to say that they were like, yeah, look, we... You know, you auditioned for it, and Jennifer Hale did, and we gave it to her because she did better or whatever. But I I don't think that that's the case, because when you're on the third installment of a franchise, I think you're there. Like, I think you well, found your voice actor, right? Like, you're not switching things up to do something different that deep into a franchise. Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain. <laughs> David Hater's out. Keith Sutherland yeah. is in. That was another they weird one. They just dropped him. They were like, later, idiot. We want the guy from... <laughs> he's from 24? <laughs> yeah. We want him. Yeah, he'll yeah. do a good job. Did that blow up at all? Did anybody care? I mean, I, David Hayter wasn't happy about it. Sure, I sure. think for Sutherland did a bad job. <laughs> like, clearly he was more expensive because Solid, Snake just didn't talk that much. He was a yeah. very quiet man in the fifth game because mm. his words were expensive now. Yep. Oh, stupid. Just dumb shit. Did you guys know that the uh, Helena Taylor is actually like the original voice of Bayonetta? I would have assumed that there was like a Japanese voice actress and she like dubbed over the game. Mm. But that's not the case. Huh. Oh, really? Yeah. Does she? So does she speak Japanese? No. So in the first game, there was no Japanese voice acting. They just what? used the English voice acting. I don't know. Platinum, a Japanese studio? Am I they crazy? Are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> crazy. That's so there, cool. 
there wasn't uh Japanese voice acting until they did like an anime OVA or something that had Japanese voice acting. Mm. And people liked that enough that they ended up bringing that cast to Bayonetta 2 and then also uh, redubbing Bayonetta 1 on the Wii U for that port. Well, I think that, that this goes into yep. what I was having issues with her statement, which was at the end of all of it, she like singled out Jennifer Hale and was yeah. just like, she shouldn't sign things as Bayonetta because yeah. she's not the voice of Bayonetta. I am. Yeah, she was like, right. I mean, she is now. Yeah, yeah I was like, <laughs> it's a, free market, now, baby. So she fucking can. And also, B, I would like the way that she was just like, I am Bayonetta and no one else is irked me in a little bit of a way of just being like um while you may be the originator of that voice and you are like you know the person that kind of breathed life into that character um all of the artists all of the coders all of the people that made that character that ca the script writers right yeah. like you yeah. are not the sole Bayonetta yeah. because someone else helped you get there now like yeah mm -hmm. you're the voice of it and I get that but like you got replaced, fucking deal with it. And mm. I, I think that that's like, you know, to claim that like you and you alone are Bayonetta and no one else can have like any sort of creative input or control over that character. I was like, no, because there's like at least 15 people that worked on that character to exist. And like, yeah. you know, like, I think that that's just a statement across <laughs> anywhere across the board. Like, you know, if Charles Martinet was just like, I and I alone in Mario and no one else ever helped Mario, it is just me, I would slap Charles Martinet of just being like, you're the voice, and I believe that you are Mario, and I want you to be the Mario. But, like, other people made Mario before you got there, my friend. Like, yeah. that's just how that works. Yeah. Um, that's a good... I think, uh, that one irritated me, too. Yeah. But I think the other thing that um, that she said... And I like this is how some people like kind of interpreted it of her the, you know, fat cats uh, skim off the top and leave little for the rest of us and we all need livable wages kind of things and I was like she's not wrong fuck the people that make millions of dollars for doing jack shit yeah we should pay people a lot better for the work that they do especially in a creative world like. Mm -hmm. The coder that did crunch on this game should be paid way more than they probably did but like. I don't know, on the list of people I'd like to see more in video game, the active the active like devs and coders and artists are far above the voice actors who like are getting paid pretty decently in my opinion. So I'm like, yeah, you should get paid more, but like there are other people that need this. And like you're kind of alluding to the fact that everyone should get paid more, but like it she never called it out, and I kind of was like I wish she would have said it. If she would have said it outright of just being like, yo, fuck the, pe you know, the rich people that own shit and like all of the workers should get paid more. I feel mm -hmm. like there's a lot more that could have been behind her versus as you were saying, you know, the like, oh, livable wage. And you kind of then look at her salary and you're like, you definitely are. I've already passed that. What about everyone else? Also, at the same time, if they would have given her the six figures and the royalties, she wouldn't have said jack crap. Like, no. yeah. She would have left all everybody else to get fucked. So like, yeah, like. Uh, also, I feel like there's a we're betting heads here, Owen, because you said that voice actors are like one of the more 
lesser important parts of a video game, but I disagree. I was playing Celasta recently, and in fact, <laughs> love Celasta. The voice acting in that game is what it's, makes that game. I really it is has to be mostly backers. Like it's so <laughs> absurd. It has to be. I don't know the name of the voice that I had in Celasta, but that person read it so dry <laughs> and so straightforward, and I wanted to punch my character every time they talked but i loved it also i was like god you're bad i enjoy I, this it's I so tell you, bad we, we had the funniest thing happen we were playing Celasta the other day caleb's character is an orc and we got to this like <laughs> encounter where he gets the keys to his old house and then he learns that his parents were killed because mm -hmm. they were killed by orcs yep 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 and he's like <laughs> All of a sudden, he gets really upset, and he's like, "Oh, no, they were really mad about what happened. They were they were orcs. They were spies for the orcs. Oh, that's right. They were spies, spies for, for the, orcs. the orcs. That's what it was. Spies <laughs> they for were the executed for being spies for the invading orcs. And he's like, that's what? right. That's they right. Were spies for orcs. <laughs> and it's like, as he's yeah, an orc I mean, standing probably. There. I think he even like asks why they thought they were spies <laughs> for orcs. They, they were orc spies. And yeah. It's like, I don't know, man. They're six foot five and green. Like. <laughs> Uh, that's uh, so good. All right, we should wrap this up. Uh, and Owen almost had a transition for this earlier because oh, he did oh, talk a little so bit about this. And I, I thought about picking up on it, but then we continued on. It's fine. We yeah, should I probably talk about. To say. We um, should probably talk about. It's Mario. Sorry. <clears throat> it's me, Mario. Yeah. That, I, <laughs> yes. I think that's what we have to talk about. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I, th I think the the best way that I can sum it up is Chris Pratt's Mario voice, which he hyped up himself of you gotta wait till you hear it, and it is not good, uh, is if Linda Belcher from Bob's Burgers mm. somehow ended up in the Mushroom Kingdom, like that's exactly what it sounds like of just like, <laughs> I'm Linda Belcher and I'm Mario and we're gonna go to the Mushroom Kingdom. Like it's bad. <laughs> I mean, for the first few lines he says, it doesn't sound like he's doing an accent. A voice. It sounds yeah, like he's doing Chris Pratt. At all. Yeah. yeah. put him in the booth and Does he, said, he have... say these lines and he's like, all right. He Does he have does. another voice? Can the he do The last thing accents? he says, there's like something going on with his voice he did like some kind of accent a little bit i can't tell what it is i don't i mean i don't think chris pratt's known for his character work really right no. right he's kind well, of just himself guy, he's, in all the yes, movies he's in he's mm -hmm. he is chris pratt in every yeah. film yep zoe deschanel I, I think yeah. it's also just upsetting because everyone else in that trailer just acted oh. circles around him yeah that they kill it so much more obvious like i didn't even realize that jack black was bowser until other people were pointing mm. that out and i was like wow i didn't jack even black. hear jack black in that like that's really good the king and michael key is toad oh yeah. my gosh it's oh, yeah. like multiple watches to hear his voice in it yeah like even even the 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 like the penguin king of doing like i was like i don't know who the fuck you are but like it's dope like yeah. I am sold on this gruff, <laughs> deep voice coming out of this tiny little penguin, and then like all of a sudden, then you just have like Chris Pratt's like kind of squeaky, terrible voice of just himself, and I was like, "This is just Chris. Like, there's nothing now, here." Do you think this is going to be a situation where the internet fixes the problem, like with <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog? Is. I, I mean, everybody on the internet is trying so hard to make that happen, and like we all agree, just give it to Charles and be done with it. Like, mm. let's just go. 
I, I oh. don't understand why you ever hired someone else in the first place. I don't understand why we're like having this. You have a Mario. It's Charles Martinet. Just give him the lines. You're done with this. Everyone go home. I think it's like way easier to imagine reanimating something than just like replacing a major Hollywood actor at the last second. Like, I don't think they can do that. <laughs> I, I'm I, sure Chris Pratt wasn't cheap. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm sure because right, the problem is they didn't cast Chris Pratt for us. They cast Chris Pratt because some little kid in the audience is going to be like, oh, the funny guy. The funny yeah. guy is Mario. You like the funny guy. We go see funny guy. And I'm really go ahead. I feel like they cast just him just... for like the parents of the kids. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, you're, say, you are probably that point, correct. Can we stop casting celebrities in things that celebrities shouldn't be casted and give voice actors their actual fucking jobs? Because mm. like, I understand like back in the day, you know, like, oh, hey, Madagascar. Yeah. You know, look, we got, you know, Chris Rock in this. You know who Chris Rock is like. I get the stunt casting to get people in for animated stuff, but that was also when animated stuff wasn't that great. And we've hit the point that animated movies are fucking awesome at this point. And so I'm just like, yeah, you should just, just have regular, like, you know, and like, look, some actors are very good voice actors and I don't mind you casting them, but there are also things like this. It's very obvious. You were just going for a name. They have no talent. Like, why is this person here? I think the problem is, in, like, the culture at large, people don't give a shit about animated movies. I think we're in the minority in being, like, animated movies are, like, you know, as valid as regular movies. Yeah. So, like, the only way to get, you know, John Doe off the street to go in is to be like, look, Chris Pratt's in this one. You like mm-hmm. him. He's the funny yeah. man from the Marvel. Got a real <laughs> actor, so it's a real movie. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. It's some of that, too, right? It's not it's not just animated. We got to you know this guy. He's a real actor. I I am a little upset about uh Wired's article about this. The title is Super Mario sounds exactly like Chris Pratt. And that's fine. And then the subtitle subtitle is uh, the voice revealed in Nintendo's trailer disappointed some fans, but honestly, could you listen to high-pitched peals of Mamma Mia for hour and a half? Yes. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah see the the important part is I was upset at first, but then as you read further down, you realize what she's actually saying is that the real problem is that Mario has a slightly less round rump than he should, and that's <laughs> yeah. that's the real, real problem. problem of what's mm-hmm. happening in the trailer. Honestly, they should remake the whole thing, but with ugly Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a movie. Make oh, it Sonic. Yeah, I, I oh have my a feeling. God, yes. <laughs> I have a feeling Bowser's going to carry the whole movie. I don't know. Yeah, I think so too. It's because it's Jack Black. Yeah. And he's the best thing ever. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> just, period. just overall. If, if you ever wanted to understand Jack Black's just like full acting prowess, he carries all of School of Rock on his shoulders. That entire movie is just a, basically a monologue of him and it works. So like, I, he's good. He'll do it if you let him. Man, what a movie! I maybe it maybe it lands well. Who knows? I yeah, I we'll have to see when it comes out. You guys, I mean, the, we'll, we'll the play, movie we'll itself, Kansas City good. watch party. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Horizon House watch party. You heard uh, it here absolutely. first. Man, imagine the Sonic movie is better than the Mario movie. Oh, that oh, would have been so bad. After exciting thirty years of Mario 
beating Sonic over and over in like mm. everything. Really like oh. the Sonic movies. They're Which actually really good. Game. They're really good, right? Yeah. yeah e- even good. the second one. It's like a little bit like leaning into like the kid realm of the movie. Like it's it's less adult, more more kid. But it's still just it lands. Like you get the elements that you want. You get I don't know. It and Jim Carrey's excellent. Yeah. Mm. Oh, that's well, right. Jim Carrey's in that. He he, he also kind of just carries. Yeah, he a just lot. kind of carry like that's what I'm hoping out of Jack Black. It's a similar <laughs> experience. No, Ben Schwartz is awesome. He's Ben Schwartz is good. So good in it. Yeah. You know, Chris Pratt does kind of sound like he's trying to do a Ben Schwartz, I think. In the trailer. <laughs> that's, I was going to ask you if you were going to describe it that way, because you said. Yeah, that's that's what I said when I first heard I, it. Right? How'd you describe it's, it? I said you it said sounds it's... like uh, Chris Pratt trying to do Sonic. In the no, Sonic trying movie. to do Ben Schwartz's Sonic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. I mean, maybe. Maybe. Whatever. Maybe it'll be good. Uh, I guess we'll have a review for whenever the movie comes out. I don't actually know what the release date is. Sometime next year, I would guess. I assume, yeah. Well, well, sure. April crossed. 7th, 2023. Oh, All right, we April have, 7th. We have a while. Uh, yeah, so tune back in then tickets. because we won't be doing a podcast between now and then, but tune back in like the week <laughs> yeah, after April 7th. This is the last 7th. one until the Mario one. Join our live stream of us watching the movie in the theater. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, uh, on that note, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, catch us back here in two weeks. We'll be talking again about the things we played and, and the Mario uh, movie. We'll, <laughs> and we will have done. Yeah, we'll we'll be done with Extra Life at that point, right? No, yes. we won't no. be. No. Not yet. No. no, no. It'll be two it's days the before, before Extra Life. Yep. Oh yeah. man, yep. that's precious sleeping time. Oh <laughs> yeah. yes. Anyway, join back in two weeks. We'll give you one more update on Extra Life, where we're at, what the plans are, the schedule. Hopefully we'll see you there on Saturday, November 5th, 4.30 a.m. to 3.30 a.m. East Coast time, of course, because of Daylight Savings. Thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we will catch you next time. See you. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. You can also check out our new series, The Discordant Signal, a multi-arc Starfinder adventure, live on Twitch every Monday at 8 p.m. and then out on YouTube and whatever podcasting app you are using at 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time.